0: Throw on some peacock! Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins.
1: Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Boing! boing that's a new one <laughs> and speaking of boinging from music video sins barrett share you betcha yeah oh. i just
0: watched fargo again the movie again?
2: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: i know <laughs> i it's, can't you, stop it
2: anytime it's, it's really on it's not a bad thing. man
0: that relationship between margie and norm is like a perfect relationship it's so cozy
2: it's so real it's so
0: you know when when she first wakes up when she hears about the the murders initially and she wakes up it's I don't know how early in the morning it is but Norm's like you got to eat I'll make you some eggs I'll make you know some eggs. and then he, he 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 sits up on the bed and he's like <laughs> like a disgusting noise and Margie's like she smiles she's like oh Norm because <laughs> I've made that sound before my mm. wife is not saying like oh Barrett
1: they announced it they announced it. <laughs> It's the three You're center. You're Mallard. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not talking about fucking Fargo today. We're going, uh, we're going back on our road trip to Nebraska. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all. The road trip.
2: Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. There yet? no. Uh, Nebraska. You know, this should be the state that they did the Delaware joke with in Wayne's world cuz i mean i know i can make corn jokes but i don't know shit about nebraska i have sorry nebraska i have no desire to ever go there mm-hmm. convince me otherwise it's like uh so oklahoma and then kansas
0: and then nebraska's on top right and yeah and the, it's the top part of the the plains the bun the sandwich yeah
2: the plains sandwich yes it's the top bun
0: also the name of the only Bruce Springsteen album that i really like nebraska nebraska mm-hmm. He recorded uh, Nebraska like in a hotel room on a four track. It's where Atlantic City, that song Atlantic City comes Mm -hmm. from. And it's very stripped down. And that's the only way that I like my Bruce Springsteen. I don't want him all like jawed up and like fucking with the southern accent and stuff like that. Just straightforward Bruce.
1: Springsteen's well-traveled, man. New Jersey, Mm -hmm. streets of Philadelphia, Nebraska. (laughs) He goes everywhere He goes
2: everywhere, man. He goes (laughs) everywhere. I think Nebraska sounds like a Quentin Tarantino character name. yeah yeah well there was alabama alabama whirly but i feel like that it should already exist in one of his films (laughs) nebraska sierra bravo Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's a military brat all right nebraska movies let's do this it
1: starts off with oh here's something cheery yeah no kidding (laughs) boys don't cry oh, Jesus. which gave us hillary swank's first oscar win oh but it's such a good movie it is a very good movie i yes.
2: saw a tweet the other day that said is it just me or does this movie super hold up and i was like yeah it, it does. does like it i think that what they actually said was it still looks like it was filmed modern um and another director has said some things recently about a few regrets here and there about i guess how she treated some aspects of the story or how uh, she maybe worded some things in regarding mm. the character uh who was uh, trans but at the time wasn't necessarily
1: and i get the sense that it's almost impossible to make that perfect politically yeah. correct movie it's yeah. also hard to keep up right i mean i i look at stuff that was made in the 90s by the l- most liberal people in the world and there's still stuff in there that they'd probably cringe mm-hmm. about and everything it's you, you can't stay with the times that's why i kind of get upset when people are like we gotta burn those mark twain books you know it's like you know um you can't you can't
2: view it in a vacuum you have to view it in the context of the culture in which it was created yeah
1: and it's a positive it's a it's a it's a positive look at at the at the subject even though it's a you know bad subject like, yeah i mean uh, it's, it's a tragic a, movie but it's a tragedy yeah
0: yeah but it's 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 humanizing the character because it's based on a real story yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's all true um that that it's just it's horrific but man hillary swank man i mean i i love million dollar baby i think it's it's a good movie she's spectacular in it but i don't know if she's ever going to get to this level mm-hmm. Um, of just inhabiting a character and just fucking nailing I it. i
2: don't know did you not see that movie where her dead husband wrote her a bunch of letters uh, oh yeah. yeah
1: god that what, what that was called something like the P- letters P-S, which, I yeah, ps i love you ps i love you ps i love you yeah
2: uh no i agree i think i think she's great in a lot of things but this is probably at least for now her best work mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's super watchable all the performances are good. Chloe 70 is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarsgaard, Sars guard yeah, Guard Guard. <laughs> this um, is the Sarsgaard. We even have uh
1: Lacey Goranson from Roseanne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: um, and uh, yeah, she's she's good. Um, yeah. and yeah, it is tragic, but I think it's an important. It's one of those kind of like movies that's a little bit more important than just like your average movie, mm-hmm. and still, and it's it's hard to watch but it's it's important that it's hard to watch right mm-hmm. because i don't think you can gloss over what what happened uh, yeah this doesn't make me like kansas any more than when we started nebraska this doesn't make me like nebraska <laughs> any more than when we started
1: <laughs> or kansas or kansas too <laughs> this doesn't make me like nebraska <clears throat> um but yeah this is a really good movie and i don't know has it sort of has it been lost of time a bit? Yeah,
0: a little bit. I, I mean, it's so. not something that that you see regularly. in rotation. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's not it's not here to brighten your day. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But uh, Hillary Swank is amazing in this, and it's worth watching for that and the the subject matter. And yeah, it's a tragedy, but it's also uh, a worthwhile, important movie and everything. Yeah. and so really she, well done.
0: So she won. This was her first Oscar, and then mm-hmm. she won for a million dollars. She baby, won for a million dollar baby. Yeah, and then kind of you know
1: yeah she it's uh it's one of the strangest kind of careers that you can ever you you never observe you know because two oscars like well you know next karate kid and then (laughs) and then like suddenly she's winning two oscars and then yeah she got into a lot of stuff like um she did one of those uh teacher goes to a bad school movies oh too. yeah that's yeah. right yeah, oh, yeah. Um, dangerous minds not yeah um, <laughs> so she, she just signed for
2: something i just saw news for her
1: she does a lot of forgettable movies they, they seem like choices that you would make if you have won two oscars but then like i don't know
0: yeah p.s i love you freedom riders that's,
1: that's, i think that's what it is yeah, freedom yeah, yeah. riders was that
0: uh the resident new year's eve the homes oh the homesman that's interesting that's going to come up later on uh and then she was in logan lucky actually she was really good in logan lucky mm, as the still fbi need to that. uh but yeah i mean she was a fairly bit part in that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean she was a medium part in that uh but it certainly didn't showcase what a talent she is you know yeah and plus there i wonder if this plays well you've watched rewatched some episodes of the office there was an episode of the Office. Where they had like a whole divided thing after Michael left the, the office uh, about whether Hillary Swank is hot or not. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And one side of the office said yes, she definitely is, and what's wrong with you thinking that she's not? The other one's like, what are you talking about? She's she's hideous.
1: Right. Wow. Yeah. Imagine yeah.
2: being the. Imagine being the. The butt of
1: that joke, mm-hmm. right? I don't. It doesn't play well at all. I think I haven't seen it recently, but I have seen it in the last year or two. And I was like, I can't. Be- I I watched The Office when it was on. Yeah, yeah. I watched it throughout its entire run, and then seeing the rerun, that was like, wow. I didn't. <laughs> I can't believe that actually uh-huh. was a thing. <laughs> That's kind of mean. It's it is. very mean. It's
2: like again, and uh, briefly, uh. Kathleen Turner did that interview we mentioned last week where she burns everyone to the ground. Um, And it was awesome, right? Yeah, it was Um, very awesome. Well, she played Chandler's mom on Friends after years of the show making jokes about Chandler's dad having divorced his mom, turned gay, and he has this burlesque show in Vegas. And for like one or two episodes, it's Kathleen Turner. Imagine how that conversation goes. Yeah. We need somebody really manly to play his dad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Would you do it? i mean no i'm saying that they're saying that to kathleen turner yeah, yeah, yeah. hey would you do it that's almost it's almost insulting it almost For is sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah anyway all right it's not my place to i'm not the social justice warrior mm-hmm. yeah I um i really am though yeah
1: <laughs> you you get the sense that it's possible that hillary swank went through that kind of that looks based uh you know maybe role offering type of thing in hollywood
0: which is odd considering the content of Boys Don't Cry. Yeah,
1: either. exactly. So I don't know. Um I think she looks fine. Oh yeah. I think she's she's very pretty. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't I mean if you don't like you know, don't like what she looks like, fine. But I mean I don't know why she wouldn't get jobs over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then there is children of the corn. Um, so all of them are set in Nebraska. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: I guess that makes sense. I've seen the first children of corn and I've seen the fourth children of the corn. Oh really? <laughs> yes. I have
2: seen no corn children. <laughs>
1: The, the, how did you see the fourth one uh it was something stupid like i think i heard a pretty girl say that she saw it or something <laughs> uh, there you go there you go and, <laughs> it was, as one is it to was do. way back in the high school <laughs> and, and it's that's like, how i uh,
2: ended up watching captain ron it was like
1: oh i'll have something to say wrong with captain and ron just, <laughs> the, the great logic of uh you know like uh oh if i see that movie i will have something to talk to her about. <laughs> um well, the first
0: one of these Genuinely yeah. scared me.
1: Yeah, it's very, it's really scary. Yeah,
0: I mean the the character like the main kid that's in charge of everything, Isaac. Like mm-hmm. he he's terrifying because he's like he's emotionless until he gets pissed off. Yeah, and that's terrible. and Then you get Malachi and everything. Yeah, Malachi! A- oh my god!
1: Mm, yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a series of these type of movies like Children of the Damned and. All that where the you know the kids are are actually the threats. To, yeah, the omen. Yeah, yeah, the 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 adults are they're they're basically paying for their sins. Uh, by the end of it, mm-hmm. that's what it is. They don't do anything overtly evil, but they do enough to cause this problem in the first place.
0: Did you see the remake in
1: two thousand nine? No.
2: Okay.
0: There's, some, I, there's eight of these. There's eight of. There's them. eight of these. There's movies.
2: some kind of comic horror school children gone mad thing coming up that I read about. Disturbing behavior? Well, no. But it'd be like the faculty only. I think it's like elementary school kids, and there's even like a tiny bit of controversy that they would paint kids that age as zombies or werewolves or whatever the fuck. Hmm. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I I should stop saying things when I don't actually have full details. (laughs) I did just read while I was looking briefly at Twitter, because you care about golf, Brant Snedeker, Mm local boy, just shot a 59 in the first round of this tournament he's playing in the Windham. Jesus. That's, that's 11 under. Yeah, that's pretty good. 59. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, if you've you... ever played golf, your mind should be blown right now. I could do that on the front nine. Yeah, exactly. Same. I
1: don't play golf and my mind is blown. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's a ridiculous score. On to well Alexander Payne is from Nebraska, so a lot of these Nebraska movies that are hitting the uh, the list today are Alexander Payne movies. The first one Unfortunately, we're coming up to is downsizing. This is his worst movie. Mm.
0: It it has to be right now. It's it's not terrible. I don't oh, think so. I'm
1: close to calling it terrible.
0: Really? Ooh. Okay. This movie has big ideas. Yes. Not executed well at all. Thirty percent of this movie could be chopped off, and it would be a, a, a serviceable to good movie.
1: Now, I think potentially. now I'm I'm gonna say that it's not terrible today. It's not terrible. <laughs> okay um mainly because of uh what's her name the uh hong chow hong chow god she's damn so she's awesome. amazing she's so awesome yes in
2: this. i haven't seen this movie um oh, she's great
1: she's absolutely phenomenal and should probably be the, the character we follow around mm-hmm. like damon's just playing his normal like every man in this um the thing is downsizing is a bit of a bait and switch as far as marketing is concerned because it, it sits there and it says Look at this crazy thing that's happening where people are going small they're- get, they're turning into miniature versions of themselves how what kind of life could they be possibly leading with that type of thing? you know, and you're thinking, oh okay, we're going to see this wonderful world of them being small and how that what the problems are, what the advantages are, and all that. They pretty much tell you what those are, but then, as soon as Damon gets to it gets small and Kristen wig doesn't go through with it his wife doesn't go through with it and that's a one really funny scene though yeah that is um because <laughs> she goes through like nearly the whole process and then she decides no and then she's at the airport calling him like with one eyebrow but uh once he gets there and he's he's like he's got his mansion and everything because everything costs less there's like less energy expended all that type of stuff everything's cheaper um so you're like oh okay we're gonna see him living in this mansion and all this other type of stuff and then immediately he's divorced mm-hmm. so then that costs money and he can't afford that house anymore and he's living in an apartment now
0: mm-hmm. essentially and, where he was before
1: yeah yeah and so now he's living in an apartment and he's got an extremely loud socialite neighbor christoph Waltz. plays. He, who's, who's he's he's, he's fun, he is, he's fun yes. yes and more and more i was like oh boy he's fun but why is the movie not that good, though. It's, it's because it's just like everyday life, and I know that's what he's probably going for. He's wanting to show you what the life of poverty is in this in this thing. It's not all roses, like they're saying in the ad. That's just like everything else in the world. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you do with your life you still have to deal with the same challenges
0: yeah it's like six different movies in Mm -hmm. one because it's got this big environmental message it's got Mm -hmm. this big class message and then it's got how it was marketed you're absolutely right like jason sudeikis was super prominent in the marketing for this Mm -hmm. like hey i'm gonna be the the crazy uh best friend or whatever he's in like maybe five minutes of this movie yeah yeah exactly and it just goes and i i kind of like where it goes when they end up in in norway and all that stuff and the relationship with hong chow and all that stuff but it's so it's so separate from each other it's all these different movies you can tell he's got big ideas with it he just can't put it all together should have been a show yeah it could have been yeah
1: yeah i mean it's it's that's the thing right it it had it's i feel like if it was not downsizing it might be a good exactly exactly that's what i'm saying is (laughs) if you chop off either the first part
0: or maybe the last part of this movie like you you may have like a a decent story in there that you can really
1: flesh out yeah yeah uh and and i guess he thought i don't know if it started with the downsizing and then he went into this or if he had another story in mind he's like how do i get my character to this point maybe he thought it was just too straightforward if he didn't put downsizing in it because Mm -hmm. you don't really need it no no you don't no, you need don't. the downsizing yeah i mean there's
0: <laughs> a compelling story between the relationship with matt damon and, and hong chow like from that point on they could be normal size and you wouldn't notice yeah there is one hilarious oh, gag yeah. that they use the, the the smallness for right it's almost akin to the Ant man and the wasp thomas right. and the train type of thing uh but yeah i don't think it was worth it just for that that laugh
1: yeah it's one of those movies that maybe in the future i'll pick it up and just forget about it see that's the problem though it takes so long to get to that point mm-hmm. he it's like 45 minutes into the movie before he's even downsized yeah 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 so like it, that's how long it takes them to go from here's the su- here's the uh, experiment that we're doing here's how here's the proof of it does matt damon want to do it or not and then finally <laughs> 45 minutes into <laughs> it he's there <laughs> um so yeah i can see why it had had a lot of trouble getting traction when it came out Mm -hmm. and everything but uh alexander payne has made a lot of other great movies (laughs) and election is one we've talked about election a million times Mm -hmm. i don't think we need to get into it here really um but election's amazing, and if you take anything from this podcast, go watch fucking Election.
2: Yeah, again, because you hopefully have already watched it on our recommendation sometime in the last two years. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that doesn't necessarily need to be Nebraska. Um, I feel like it feels like a real Midwestern town because he's from a real Midwestern town. Um, i i it felt very much like my the towns I grew up in and the schools I grew up in in Indiana um and so i think it was part of it was meant to be kind of that every town middle america kind of feel Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not like you know anyone's out in the cornfields shucking
1: (laughs) that's true (laughs) you know what i mean there's no children of the corn in
0: this
1: (laughs) the movie's so blunt about some things that and it just and it says it in such a light manner that it like it will shock you how it happens you know like i mean by the point the chris klein is praying to god and he's like saying like i'd like god i'd like to thank you for the family that i have my sister and a giant penis i've been told <laughs> you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
1: and just like it, Chris Klein, especially has a, has a lot of these choice lines where he's just like in the it's sort of a stream of consciousness type of thing where he'll go in and, like, and we'd go and every every once in a while we'd go home to fuck and have a hot tub, <laughs> 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 you know. Oh, um, but yeah, election is uh, freaking amazing. What happened um, to
0: Jessica Campbell? I'm looking her up real quick. I don't know. She... I
1: looked up a lot of these actors who were in this movie who never really appeared again. And they just, I think they were just Nebraska locals that he got. Maybe. I mean, and- she's so
0: she's so good. She was in Almost Famous, like, as a stand-in. Mm-hmm. She was in Freaks and Geeks. But after 2002, she hasn't done anything. Yeah. So, Which I don't know. That? There is. She's uh, Chris Klein's sister. The, the
2: girl oh, that-
1: the one that ends up at the all-girls school, mm-hmm. yeah. just yeah. like she wants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> there is one particularly fun thing that this being in Nebraska sets up and that is when Reese Witherspoon is going out in the hall with the hall pass yeah. and it's a giant nebraska <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> um then there's the gallows i never saw this okay. this is a found footage horror movie you i it?
0: think i've seen this can yeah. you tell
1: me anything about it
0: All right. so uh, back in the 90s or so uh, a school put on a play oh yeah this is i have seen this i talked gets, about it gets hung yeah i think you have yeah it's terrible terrible and then they decide to stuff.
2: recreate the play yes. we're gonna do that play where that guy died where the guy literally died let's I don't do know it again whatever yeah god damn yeah no it's terrible but it was fun to watch because it's so it's one of those it's creeping in on so terrible it's kind of enjoyable <laughs> it's not quite all the way there <laughs> it's True, but i really enjoy watching it's fun for me to make up the backstories on how these things were cast <laughs> like because most of these actors are terrible like line readings are bad and you're just like, How did we get to this point?
0: I think these actors, looking through it, I think they're playing themselves. Like their their name is their character's name or their own name. Oh great. Yeah. So I don't know if they were locals or whatever, but they're
2: terrible. Yeah, no, it's bad. Don't don't even. <laughs> I'm
0: I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason found footage like appeals to me. And I'll I'll watch a sub quality movie if it's got that that kind of aesthetic yeah. just because You know, like the Paranormal Activity. I've seen all the Paranormal Activity movies because of this. All 12? Well, maybe not all of them. I didn't see that last one, which I don't think was, like, technically found footage i don't Uh, know it was a it was a different type but i quit uh, paying attention yeah but this is awful
1: yeah i I saw i saw the i remember seeing the commercials and the trailers and all that and i was like i might see that never did Mm -hmm. uh then there's hope springs it's a meryl streep tommy lee jones (laughs) movie i've never and and steve carell i've never seen it uh there's a lot of these type of movies though it's complicated of the world which also has meryl streep in it this is better
0: than those yeah this is actually enjoyable really so Tommy Lee and uh, Merrill get, uh, get in a, a rut. They're old, they're empty nesters, they don't, they don't bone anymore. Mm-hmm. So they go to see a therapist, played by Steve
2: Carell. And he tells them to read Fifty Shades. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't even know if that was out at this point. Uh,
0: but yeah, he, he kind of uh, nurtures them through the process, hilarious shenanigans happen, plays against Tommy Lee's like gruff exterior and everything, and it's enjoyable. I, I did not expect to, to enjoy this at all. I uh, watched it with the wife, and it, I laughed a lot, and uh, it was it was pretty good. I just wish mm. Hope would decide if it wants to spring or float. Yeah, well, right. Well, that's that's kind of the the conceit of this whole thing is mm-hmm. whether the hope wants to spring up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> bone.
1: Was it? uh I think when Hope Floats came out, there was a uh there was a thing in the Nashville scene in the capsule where you know it says Hope Floats, and it you know either gave a rating or I can't remember if the Nashville scene was giving four star five star or whatever ratings at the time but whatever the first line of the capsule was so does shit so it says (laughs) said my friend (laughs) uh then there is the plainly titled also alexander Payne, nebraska what do you think of this movie uh this one was hard to get into oh really yeah i bruce Dern is great in it Mm -hmm. and will forte gives in a performance that you never thought he had no kidding man um it's he's trying bruce Dern thinks he's won the million dollar sweepstakes and he's going he's like basically you know just going to walking to wherever he's he's gonna get there yeah (laughs) and then will forte ends up picking him up and then they basically it's a road movie by that point
0: yeah he's his son and there's a lot of Weird family dynamics with that, and Bruce Darn is a raging alcoholic and everything. Mm. Screwed up his whole family and his life, but he wants this one shot of redemption, right? And to show everybody that he's he's actually won this whole thing. Of course, he hasn't. But uh,
1: yeah, well, it's uh, isn't it the isn't it the envelope that says you could have won? Yeah, it's totally a- spam. A- it's a- like publisher's a- clear, right? Goes. And so like he thinks that that means he's won, and then he just goes on this embarks on this trip. But yeah, it's a father son movie, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. I just it's not as memorable as the other pain movies to me. And I don't I know you don't really want to compare no no no
0: i mean but you, you kind of have to i mean it's alexander payne has such a style almost like cameron crowe or something like that to where when he when he misses or where he doesn't get up to the level that you know he can get to like you notice a little bit more than mm-hmm. you know somebody else that you're not familiar and this with. was
1: all in black and white too mm-hmm. like, i don't i don't really know why they yeah, i don't do know that. why why the choice was made there for black and white i here.
2: don't either but can i say something mm-hmm. don't put out black and white versions of your color movie later like you're cool yeah, yeah, uh, like the black and white cut of Logan or yeah. the black and white cut of Fury Road. If you want it black and white, fucking make They're it in black and white. Selling these, <laughs> they come as like an extra version on the on the a special Blu-ray. Really? Yeah, on Logan for sure. I never noticed that. Fury Why would you want to watch
0: Logan without color or Fury Road without color? That doesn't make any sense.
2: I don't. I'm not gonna try and get into the mindset. I'm just saying. I feel like I feel like you're trying to have your cake and eat it, too, like mm-hmm. color or not color is an artistic decision. And I feel like you should make it at the outset of your project, not have it both ways. Well, I oh, throw that fucker in the gray filter and put it as an extra on the DVD.
1: I know that there's an odd thing where filmmakers I don't know if this is still a thing, but filmmakers who decide that they're going to make their movie in black and white. Do so at the peril of not getting any foreign uh, sales for it, because they have to be in color mm. in certain certain countries. Don't know why there's hmm. that's a rule. Um, but that was something I was hearing about some movie, and it might have been a black a movie we all know is black and white, but they shot it in color, hmm. and then they had to just make it black and white for you know uh, for the United States. But then they you know came out with the color version everywhere else. Hmm. I don't know. I can't remember what that movie was, but I heard that during that little, what is it, a commentary or whatever, but Hmm. uh, it's an interesting little I mean, something
0: like, I can't imagine something like Manhattan, Woody Allen's Manhattan, being in color. Yeah. But that's because, you know, you you grow up on that movie, basically. Mm. Yeah. Um, I could imagine something like Nebraska being (laughs) in color and having no no real appreciable difference. Yeah, yeah.
1: like all the ones that I can think of, like Schindler's List and Ed Wood, uh, those movies feel like they need to be black and white mm-hmm. but um
2: can you imagine if spielberg slapped a colorized version on the schindler's list blu-ray oh my god oh
0: man and imagine like, one of the most indelible Im- Im- images is the little girl and well yeah
2: that whole sequence doesn't work well even the, the there's a candle flame there's a couple touches of color and none of that oh, works I forgot about that yeah, yeah um Anyway, yeah, make your stylistic choice and go with it. Mm-hmm.
1: Then there is a TV miniseries known as The Stand, based on Stephen King's oh, uh, very it's... ultra long. Novel.
2: <laughs> I feel like I was one time riveted by this and have seen it recently, and it didn't hold up at all. It is so.
0: It is very very dated, which is crazy because it's not you know a dated book necessarily. You know?
2: No, but it's. Like, I don't know if it's the effects or. The, the yes. film stock yes. they used,
0: or... the costumes, <laughs> well, yes. Well, <laughs> TV miniseries
1: back in the day. I mean, they don't make them anymore, yeah. but uh, but yeah, the TV miniseries like they seemed awesome back then because they were a higher quality than stuff that you would see. Yes. on regular t- like sitcoms and stuff like that, or you know your basic episode of Riptide. I don't know <laughs> Riptide. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, so it seemed okay. Now you look at it, look, go back and look at it. It's like, oh man, it yeah. looks so bad. But that's, I guess, that's what they had to deal with back then.
0: But, but- uh, no, I mean, this, yes, it is dated, and the, the effects are what really stands out uh, for how dated it is. But I love the story, man. Post apocalyptic, like pitting good versus evil. Oh
2: yeah, I think that's why it's compelling. Yeah, um, is that it does kind of have an epic feel. Just because of the story and the stakes and everything.
0: Yeah, this was uh, this was so I was so compelled to watch this that my parents told me I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And I had one of those. Did you ever see those little portable uh, battery powered TVs that had like a four inch screen that were like this deep and everything? (laughs) I would smuggle that into my room and watch this at night and be like, I'm going to bed early. And I'd watch the stand. I'd watch four inches of Gary Sinise like
1: walking around, not Shit. being sick. Those TVs were the way I watched stuff at Hollywood Twenty Seven a lot of times. Oh, oh yeah. did you have one of those? Up there? Oh yeah, man. Oh, that's hilarious. Had it all tucked away back by number seventeen. I'd yeah. watch football and stuff on Sunday on a four inch screen. Yeah, those um, are probably worth like you know thousands of dollars at like, this you point. You know, nobody would go back there. Nobody <laughs> ever would walk around that area nope. at all. <laughs> and so you would just I'd sit it up on a workbench. Yeah, occasionally they'd see you. A manager would walk back there for some stupid fucking reason. But you'd, you're like, oh, take that away. Okay, and then the next Sunday you just put it back. <laughs> um, Yeah, The Stand is... as stand, The Stand a longer book than It? Mm, it's it's up there. Uh,
0: I've read the whole thing, man. I and, did too. And it's, it's really, really... You know, I mean, The Dark Tower is like considered his magnum opus. I think Stephen King considers that his magnum opus. But The Stand is just really it has every little bit of stephen king isms that you can get in there it's got the horror in there it's got some comedy it's got some some drama and is all it, that stuff uh, is
1: it randall Flagg? yeah that's the, yeah
0: and they're all apparently <laughs> derivations of the big bad that that ends up being the dark tower yeah
1: guy. then there is terms of endearment um it starts in houston but moves to nebraska mm-hmm uh very good movie best picture of 1983 yeah um it's also depressing as fuck
2: yeah i was gonna say uh, i I watched it once in my teens and remember thinking this is sad old people shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i honestly have not gone back to it since it's probably way better a movie than i my teenage mind uh gave it credit for
1: but uh it's not a movie where it's like this is a cancer movie it's not it's not like it starts off with deborah winger having cancer and that's what she's dealing with the whole movie. It actually starts off with just her and the relationship and all the family stuff and everything. And then the cancer thing happens about midway through or somewhere around there. And then that's when they start dealing with it. Of course it's still it's still sad and shit. It's not it doesn't get like it's not like uplifting at that point, but um but you had so many good people in this you have uh you have uh deborah winger jeff daniels jack shirley nicholson McLean. shirley mcclain jack nicholson playing against tight yeah
0: playing an astronaut an astronaut <laughs> you yeah. guys got his shit together
1: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and he's like
0: kind of a nice guy if i remember right yeah he is yeah. he totally is but yeah it was it was kind of bizarre to see him because this is 83 this is three years removed from the fucking shining yeah you know? I mean, it's not like you know about schmidt and jack yeah, nicholson right. you know right uh,
1: uh the uh they came. It came out with a sequel to this called The Evening Star, which I never saw. That was years later too, right? It was like ninety four or yeah. something like that. Um, but I think it was just Shirley MacLaine and Jack Nicholson essentially in that one. But it didn't do anything at all. Did you ever
0: see that? Never saw it. The Evening Star. I thought. It, I, I thought there was another one that was tangentially related to this too. Yeah, but I guess that's it.
1: Yeah, that's it. It's a. It's so. It's the direct sequel, I guess. It's
0: the. Uh, the which came first romancing the stone or jewel of the nile jewel of the nile was the sequel right yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. and yeah. and that's the other thing that kathleen turner was talking about was like they didn't have a script when like, what yeah they uh said that uh like she wanted this the same writer the same uh, the actual writer who was writing about herself quote unquote in yeah. romancing of the stone i guess i don't know if she actually went through some of this shit i don't know uh, but uh, she wanted the same writer from *Romancing the Stone*. This woman who wrote that, and uh-huh. it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, but they got two different writers for *The Jewel of the Nile*, <laughs> and she said, "I won't go back unless you get the other writer." and then the other writer did some things but not like touched it up touched it up but didn't do much to it and she was furious She got (laughs) all the way to set and everything thinking this was going to be man she you need to read that interview she's Uh, dropping fucking
2: bombs there's a sequence in there where that she's like one of her responses to a question is i'm fucking mad man and that (laughs) reviewer interviewer is like why or what what about she said everything (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: my new favorite trend is like old people just like celebrities. Like Quincy Jones doing that scorched earth thing
2: a few months ago. I love that shit, man. Yeah, Jalen Rose just did not Jalen Rose, Jalen Hurd, Jalen who, Jalen High. Some football player just trashed everybody. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. I went through every Jalen except the right one. Jalen Rose. Jaylen yeah, the joke, yeah. joke being, he's not an old person. He's yeah. like a, what, a sophomore? Yeah, he's like 24 years old. League. Yeah.
1: Um, then we have Up in the Air. Yeah. Ooh, We've a talked movie. a lot about Up in the Air, but uh, another great movie and a recommend.
2: Yeah, high recommend. Uh, I guess the headquarters is in Nebraska. Yeah, I've
1: actually been waiting
0: to put this in there because obviously they stop in like iowa i think they stop in michigan i think they you know it's all flyover states which is what what's appealing about this isn't it they go to the stuff like des moines that you wouldn't think about and they end up in nebraska
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kansas City and St. Mm-hmm. Louis, and yeah, uh, great movie. I don't have much more to add to what I've said before. And if you haven't heard what i said before, I've just probably raved about Anna Kendrick, George Clooney, J.K. Simmons, Jason Bateman, basically everybody who's in this movie. Go, yeah, go and see it.
1: This was the first time we got to see Anna Kendrick as like a like doing some real acting because she had been in Twilight yep. and all that. That was her big break with Twilight, and you're like, wow, there's a really appealing actress in this that they don't use at all. And then finally up in the air comes around. You're like, oh, well, that's what we've been missing right there. Yeah. Did you guys like the first Twilight? I'll tell uh, you this. I was I was in New York when the first Twilight came out. I had a ball watching the first time. Oh, yeah. Now watching it later on, it's not nearly the same circumstances. But I thought it was just goofy enough, <laughs> just on the cusp of not being serious enough that I liked it uh-huh. at the time. Uh, and that's a masterpiece compared to the other movies. That it really songs. is.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy because Kristen Stewart and Anna Kendrick come out of this, and they're two of our favorite actresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I did not like that first Twilight movie. I thought it was – I should have watched it with that lens I, because mm-hmm. I, I watched it with one of my wife's friends that was, like, obsessed with it. She was quoting it the entire time that we were watching it, which is, of course, really annoying. Uh, but I was like, is this supposed to be, like, really good? Like, uh, this woman – when Robert Pattinson looks at Kristen Seward and goes hello the first uh, time yeah. like i think she had a spontaneous orgasm
2: mm-hmm, yeah morning. yeah um by the way i just saw yesterday uh that the, the house that she lives in and with her dad in that in those movies is going up for sale ah and you can buy it and i thought to myself what a dump <laughs> like he was presented as being like a blue collar sheriff who didn't have much money and could provide this dumpy old house, right? Because she's all cranky about mm-hmm. it moving
1: in the first time. Like,
2: ooh, buy the house from Twilight. <laughs> like, sell me Edward's house, maybe, but not why, this is,
1: why are there all these houses from things being sold? Because like Brady are, Bunch. And- I think we've gotten to a point now where fandom.
2: So, uh, enough of. There's somebody in every piece of fandom that's come into enough money. That and that they're willing to splurge on mm-hmm. the Brady Bunch House or the Tooney's house or the the house from Twilight (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's just your everyday average
1: and we uh, we pointed out one bathroom the entire (laughs) actually actually, the movie points it out one bathroom (laughs) doesn't make any sense but you know if it really does have one bathroom what a a terrible place to buy exactly why would the only person who would buy it is a super fan of Twilight who has money yes and you know I don't begrudge you (laughs) yeah go for it (laughs) but uh, I think we all instantly fell in love with Anna Kendrick after this movie Mm -hmm. and everything I've seen her and after that I'm like That 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 girl right there. I'm gonna follow your career. She's got moxie. Yeah,
2: she does. Mm -hmm. She does. She's also probably one of the best tweeters in all of Twitter. Definitely one of the best. Is she real? I don't know. I've I've completely missed that. You need to follow her. Oh, she's funny. Almost everything she tweets is like grade A funny. Ah. Like she could write for SNL. Like she, I think she's as funny as SNL girl Kate McKinnon? No, Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Yeah, Hmm. I think she's that funny. Hmm. She should
1: be writing something she should write her own starring vehicle mm-hmm. i think so there you go i think so and i wonder i wonder if she's either trying or has been asked or anything because i would watch that movie if she wrote it
2: I would too. Just could again. Just just from what I've seen on Twitter, she's clearly very very funny and and smart. Yeah, you so, to follow her.
1: That yeah. is true. If there's ever a recommend out of this podcast, Anna Kendrick's Twitter. Go yeah. go to that. Now people
2: are gonna tweet her about it.
1: Yeah, I know. <sighs> then there is. I did not see this zombie strippers. Oh yeah, you've all seen right. this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's all. Is <laughs> it is it is it a, is it a trauma movie?
0: It, it might as well be. I don't think it is. Uh, let's see. No, it's not. It's a Scream HQ Stage Six production mm-hmm. it may as well be though it's jenna jameson and robert Englund played freddy krueger mm-hmm. and um it's it's this it's set in a reality where george w bush has been elected like four times and mm-hmm. stuff like that so it's trying to be political satire right it's like uh,
1: watchmen with zombie strippers. <laughs> <pretty much.
0: laughs> what the conceit of this is is that uh like a zombie gets into the strip club and bites a stripper and the stripper turns into a zombie but she turns into a really good stripper
1: Okay. Right? But she's a zombie.
0: Yeah. So now all the the strippers, because the zombie is making all the money, all the strippers want to start being zombies, so they get intentionally bitten, Mm -hmm. and the whole thing becomes zombies oh drivers.
1: wow holy shit you know what i think i'm confused like uh when i when i thought this might be trauma there's a movie that trauma i think Troma did called teenage cat girls and heat yes i did see yeah. this um i was like catchy title you got me um i think it was on there was a time where cinemax had like uh this was way back in the 90s <laughs> Uh, every like saturday at midnight or something they would play some new trauma movie oh really or, or they'd play a trauma movie Swamp so like thing one three. was like uh, tromeo and juliet which i saw mm. and there was uh, a couple others teenage cat girls in heat was eye gougingly like the cinematography like <laughs> it was so washed out and terrible <laughs> and everything i was like even if this is just made to be bad it's an unwatchable because yeah, yeah. it's like it make your eyes bleed
0: yeah this is this is about that that uh, quality
1: yeah okay so other ones in the uh in the role here 1922 another stephen king uh it's on netflix
0: it's on netflix i watched a little bit of this last night uh based on a stephen king novella and stars thomas jane way aged up or at least like his character is aged up and uh i didn't get through everything i know there's a little bit of horror element to it uh it wasn't really appealing is
1: 1922 a year mm-hmm. okay yeah uh then we have alexander Payne. i think this is his first movie citizen roof i've um, seen this
2: this is good it is good
1: laura dern fucking amazing in this yeah movie. yeah um this is uh, an abortion comedy it is whoa um now it starts off and like it's one of the it's one of the most uh unromantic sex scenes ever starts <laughs> off this movie and then uh, she's, like, obviously homeless, and she tries to go to her brother, and her brother doesn't want to have anything to do with her anymore. She huffs paint mm. and glue and all this other type of shit. Uh, so she does it one night, goes to the hospital. They say, oh, by the way, in addition to the fact that you're going to prison for this, you're <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> um, so they she goes and has, like, little, her little day in court and whatever, and the judge sin- says, you tried to endanger Your child even though you didn't know that you that you were pregnant uh so i'm going to sentence you to such and such amount of time or whatever just before she's about to walk off and they're not in the court anymore the judge's judge tells her to come in the chambers and says look we all know you don't want this baby you know just just go ahead and you know take care of it you know what i mean and uh and so she's like not sure if she wants to or not she's had four kids before hmm Four kids, they've all been adopted or whatever, that she's been declared an unfit mother. Um, but she goes into jail and like that night other people come into the jail and they just happen to be these conservative right wing, like anti abortion people who take her under their wing Hmm. and say, We're we want you to not have the abortion and everything. So they're like giving her a house and giving her all this stuff, basically saying we want you to we want you to stay here with us and and have the baby and all that. Um, and this is a comedy. Yeah, 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 huh. yeah. Especially Laura Dern. You just got to. Laura Dern is just phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. This. She's great. She's because she's playing this like ve- She's playing uh you know a real crazy junky homeless chick and everything, and she's she's just really good at it, really funny at it. So they try it's uh this house with uh Kurtwood smith and uh mary Kay place or the hmm. are the christians where there's a part in there where laura dern is like just had a shower or whatever and her thong is like all like you know she's like dancing in the bathroom and then Kurtwood smith opens the door bathroom door sees her dancing he's like sitting there looking at her a little bit too long <laughs> and uh there's a point where like she they show her her bed and he like lies down next to her and he's like He's like, uh, you, you can see that he's just like, man, you know, I wish I could have sex with her and all huh. the other stuff. And he's like, he's like, uh, before I met, met my wife was quite the center. <laughs> and then she, start, she cut Mary Kay play starts coming down. He gets up and like immediately walks over to somewhere. Um, but, uh, one of the conservative people that's with this group or whatever is actually Swoozie Kurtz is actually like, uh, working for the pro choice crowd hmm. and, there's a point where Laura Dern fucks up again and they have to and and Swoozy Kurtz comes in and is like, I'll take her in, it won't be a big problem. And then she takes her back to her ranch or whatever and pulls off her wig and says, I'm really a pro choice person wow. and all that. So then the pro choice people now this is where the movie gets its credit for being uh even handed about this topic but this is a very extreme pro choice yeah. uh, organization they very much want her to have the abortion hmm. and there's a lot of like points bring, brought up about like well you know it's your choice it's your choice and everything and like if you're if you're making the choice to keep the baby then therefore you're letting the you know the pro life crowd win type of thing so they actually actively want her to go through with this abortion and at some point both sides are offering her money hmm. and she becomes a big huge celebrity and it's like news cycle and everything eventually the conservatives bring in burt reynolds <laughs> to try to be the the, the voice of reason and all of this Yes, you do <laughs> burt reynolds is playing a really creepy inv- evangelist type guy there's a There's a story he tells about, like, telling this mother not to have an abortion. She doesn't. And that kid turned out to be, and it's like this kid that's standing there in the room. (laughs) And the kid, there's a point where the kid, like, is like, (laughs) you don't even know this is coming. Like, the kid walks out of the door and everything. You're like, okay, whatever. So that's the kid. That's a kid that was saved. Uh, There's a point where the kid comes in and like the cuts over burt reynolds has got his shirt completely off he's sitting there talking to kurtwood smith just randomly shirt completely off this kid comes over and starts rubbing him down and, ah, stuff. Yes. <laughs> and, and uh but yeah the whole time laura dern is going through this this struggle do i do i keep the baby do oh. i not can i get my life on on track you know what all that type of stuff and um yeah that's that's what the movie's about i gotta see this hey i i, I it, it is hard to describe the comedy because laura dern is mainly the comedy but there's a lot of other stuff in here too that's you know that's funny it's just that uh the way she acts is just impeccable she's and, just the best she really is pretty great. she mm, really pretty is fucking great but yeah i would highly recommend citizen ruth uh then there's Failsafe. um so Sidney lumet made a movie in the 60s
0: yeah so this is wild man uh this is completely off my radar but it's about like the the nuclear tensions between russia and the u.s and i think the 50s and so S- Sidney lumet in 1964 did this amazing cast and did this amazing movie apparently i haven't mm. never seen it and then in 2000 they remade it uh as a a TV a live TV event of, mm. of a play it was in black broadcast in black and white and so in 2000 so Walter Cronkite played the host Richard Dreyfus, Noah Wiley Brian Dennehy Sam Elliott Hank Azaria Don Cheadle George Clooney Harvey Keitel like all these amazing actors Noah wow.
2: Wiley it's well like yeah I the, know, one of like, these things is not like I think he he, he
0: called in an ER favor <laughs> from <did>. Clooney probably <laughs> Uh, but yeah, apparently, like it was really critically well received. Completely off my radar. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've ever heard of it. I really should get into like a deep dive into Sidney Lumet because I just about everything that I've seen from him mm-hmm. has been masterpieces. Yeah, you know, and this probably is no different. I always thought his name was pronounced Lumet.
2: I've always heard Lumet.
1: Nah, it's just, I've just heard it pronounced. It's Lumet. I don't think
2: I've ever heard it pronounced. Is sort of my point. Like, That's all right. I just found I would up- think
1: it's Lumet too if it wasn't for the fact that i've just heard it
0: yeah i just found out today that uh the, the the singer sierra the one that's married to russell wilson yeah it's it's pronounced sierra i always thought it was sierra i did too but uh, uh we, were, we did one of her uh, videos so it's all right. sierra all right just so you know for narration
2: purposes. i'll,
1: t- I'll call you whatever you want me to call you <laughs> to a limit um <laughs> yeah i i mean if if, if sydney lumet did a movie uh that's uh you know i will i will watch it i will watch yeah. it. he's done a lot of good stuff uh then there's the good life i've never heard of this i mean i've probably heard of this but it's so the generic good life oh
0: this has got a really good cast um so this is a 2007 movie uh about like you know a, a random nebraska town but it's got zoe de chanel uh harry de- dean stanton bill paxton chris klein i guess he's got a nebraska thing um, Patrick Fugit, Drea De DiMete- Matteo, uh, Drea De Matteo, yep, uh, Bruce McGill, and Donald Logue So it's got a really good cast. Yeah, never heard of it.
2: I don't. I mean, I don't feel like
0: i feel like i should have seen that movie by now this is this I, is like a movie that you would totally just yeah, come across on absolutely. stars and, and
1: then, then put the in show. my recommender war later on <laughs> yeah i don't know anything about it uh then there is handle with care which came out in 1977 jonathan demi movie mm-hmm. uh, i have never seen this either mm-hmm. the imdb calls this citizens band by the way interesting he's my uh, favorite demi yeah bruce mm-hmm. mcgill is in this too
2: oh bruce nice uh um, bruce mack yeah <laughs> brucey Mac, mcg
1: um <laughs> then there is uh heaven is for real i i know this was based on a on a book
0: did you see this as part of like your projection of stuff
1: no no this uh this came out after oh
0: 2014 yeah that's yeah
1: right. um this is i know the story is about a kid who almost dies and then he claims that he's seen uh, heaven mm-hmm. and he comes back and explains all these different i guess he comes up with facts he shouldn't know about yeah, things and i think and greg like-
0: kinnear is like a skeptic or something like that and mm-hmm. he convinces him and then greg kinnear uh you know evangelizes and stuff Probably like to that to pay me money to watch this movie I've yeah never seen it. i mean uh my wife actually read it and it like you know destroyed her she's all like sad and everything
1: mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it yeah but a- that's because you're a dirty catholic it's true I think, it a- <laughs> I think it was a i think it was a decent hit back in the day uh then there's the homesman it's a tommy lee jones as well um i, I never saw this dude well.
0: talk about a cast tommy lee hillary swank again uh meryl streep john lithgow uh james spader Haley steinfeld yeah Tim blake nelson that's, jesse Plemons. that's
2: quite a lot what's of people the, what's the
0: quick synopsis here uh it's a historical period drama it's it's basically a western i think
1: okay well i'll have to check that out yeah uh then uh the indian runner uh sean penn directed this um (laughs) i've heard this is good i've never seen it um i've heard this is good though really yeah he uh, he did this and it was like a blood and wine was another one he did that was a good one uh which was uh, i think that was the was blood wine the david morse uh was uh no that's the crossing guard where david morse is the uh Right. The guy who uh is feels responsible for or is responsible for this person's death this kid's death mm-hmm. and then he has to pay for it and all that and like tries to get forgive, get forgiveness or whatever. But yeah, those was a trio of movies Sean Penn did back in the day. Indian Runner, Blood and Wine, I think Blood and Wine was Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then uh and then um Crossing Guard. Yeah. Uh I think I've only seen Crossing Guard. Yeah. I saw Crossing
2: Guard as well. And I saw uh, I saw Blood and Wine. Blood and Wine, that was good. But I didn't see uh, the Indian Railroad. Right? Yeah,
0: I mean, it, it's apparently based on a Bruce Springsteen song, so I have very little interest in seeing That's that. That's always a good. song. I don't know why. I know I know Sean Penn has bona fides and credentials. We've talked about it. Something about yeah. him. I saw
2: the news that the Plain White Tees have sold the movie rights to their song "Hey There, Delilah." Yeah, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Blood and Wine was done by uh, Bob Raffleson, by the
2: way. Oh, okay. oh,
1: yeah, I thought Sean Penn. Sean Penn's something. in it, though, right? Maybe I maybe I didn't see Blood and Wine.
0: Yeah, it's where Nicholson is like a wine dealer that gets into shenanigans shenanigans it's
2: only shenanigans, isn't it? no way, shenanigans
1: a man who has failed as a father and husband commits a heist to make money for his fledgling business but things become complicated when his wife interferes okay i don't know why i don't know why i felt the need to group that movie in with the other you know stuff but uh yeah apparently has nothing to do with sean Penn. um night of the twisters yeah, yeah. Didn't, I, didn't i mention this a few weeks ago it's one of those <laughs> rip-off
2: movies yeah i remember oh, seeing this, this yeah. movie. is actually
0: based on true events though there was like a night in nebraska where like all of a sudden like shit went down but it, it this aired i think in 1996 or 97 like right on the
2: heels of twister yeah and it was the uh, like one one hundredth of the budget <laughs> yeah exactly if, if that
1: um if there was by the way if there was another sean penn movie it would be the pledge but it didn't come out the same it didn't come out in the same era like mm. it, it he had it, sean penn had five years between movies it came out with um indian runner in ninety one, Crossing Guard ninety six, Pledge was two thousand one. Oh, okay. Oh, and wow. the Pledge is a very good movie. Talk about depressing as fuck. Oh yeah. And that also
2: has Nicholson, right? That does da- yeah, that, yeah. that has yeah. Nicholson. Um That's probably why you thought Blood and Wine was that's probably yeah, where the wire got.
1: Some sort of connection there that uh misfired on. Uh Peacock, don't know about this. Killian oh. Murphy's in it.
2: Mm-hmm. I yeah. saw part
1: of this. Have you? synopsis Me multiple personalities yeah uh
0: so killian has uh one of them multiple personality disorders that everybody has hey killian as
2: you do you
0: have multiple personalities but it's got ellen page uh it's got susan sarandon bill pullman josh lucas keith carradine
2: so pretty good i think this is one of those movies i
1: watched after i had too much wine
0: throw on some peacock yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) anyway finally and i don't even understand Slapshot two breaking the ice was shot in nebraska yeah they moved the team from wherever
0: it was california is that where they were Uh, or minnesota uh they moved the team to nebraska and give them a different name and uh
2: is it stephen baldwin is in this yes so you take you take lower tier (laughs) minor league hockey to nebraska that's right (laughs) <laughs> i don't know i don't know shit about nebraska it's up there maybe it's like minnesota i know minnesota people play hockey like crazy they do
1: so who knows mm, I don't know. it, it seems very strange <laughs> it does
2: Slapshot
0: i agree two. It's, a, it's great that we can end this discussion of nebraska on slap shot two colon breaking the ice the breaking
1: first the slap ice. shot is fun to watch oh yeah totally agreed I, i've never seen that second one i don't think the i think the first one has a little bit of
2: like a little bit maybe too overrated in the cultness of its father. Fo- like, yes. I feel like people revere it a little more than they should. That's correct. Mm because uh, it is fun to watch yeah but it is not like one of the greatest sports movies ever no no, no. uh let's not get crazy here
1: <laughs> yeah it's kind of like mighty ducks for people who are like you know like uh you know people who like mighty ducks were like six and seven when that came yeah. out so they were people who were well you've probably been too young to watch slap shot if you were six and seven. but it's the same deal mm-hmm. people who are like 18 and watch slap shot they feel like that's their mighty ducks yeah, yeah no agreed all right so that's nebraska for you oh. yeah
0: there you go now the next one is going to be a big one it's going to be nevada
2: ah
0: so oh. we'll, we'll get out of, of the doldrums here
2: vegas i can think of at least one movie that takes place in vegas yes baby
1: yes and that is all anyway uh on to uh we're going to do some rants
2: i feel like i'm taking crazy pills i'm as mad as hell
1: you've never seen me very upset yeah, baby. Mm.
2: You said you had one. Let's hear I do
1: it. have a rant now that I was. We were talking about music uh, earlier on. Um, probably in the outtake, so it won't sound like we were talking about music <laughs> at the beginning of this. <laughs> Time um, has shifted; it has no meaning. That's correct. So I was want Now, normally, I see. I I'll, I'll wake up in the morning every once in a while, like every other day. Sometimes every day, we'll watch MTV's epic, awesome videos. Mm-hmm there's uh hour blocks all the way until noon usually uh you usually have that on in the background um the 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 censorship of mtv is well well renowned in fact uh there is a whole wikipedia page about their censorship yeah i could believe that um the i i am very curious though what the what the standards are it's almost like evangelicals are running mtv Mm -hmm. that's how strict they are like there's no channel there's not even network channels that are this strict about what they say and do and show and they're very hypocritical about it too once you once you think about like the stuff that you do see in an mtv video Mm. i don't understand what the uh shock and awe is about censoring some of these words i was uh the the one that really struck me though was in the past week is it bazzy that does beautiful have you heard it starts Mm -hmm. off like that song does it's beautiful 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 Mm -hmm. and angel you know the song in mr holland's opus where richard Dreyfus is trying to win the love of his son (laughs) um it starts off like that and so like there were some it's a it's a it's a nice song it's a it's about a guy who you know it's just uh, talking about how beautiful this woman is essentially that's all it is and there were some, like, some censors, There's some, some, uh, some silent bleeps or whatever you want to call them. Some, some uh, dead air that came up. And I was like, hey, it seems like such a nice song. I mean, what is he saying in there? Is he saying, is he saying fucking here? Or is he saying, what is he saying? So I went and looked at the lyrics and like, they cut out naked. Wow. What? They cut out God. Huh they cut out there was some other one because he says swear to god and i was like well that just it seems like of all the things that you show wow. and that i hear naked doesn't sound like anything to me like who's <laughs> who's throwing up, up in arms about someone saying oh you're naked that's Who, wild. who's who's that person I can't imagine like people who would be offended would even watch MTV in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, th- it's really like almost everything. Drugs now, drugs is on that borderline, but like eh, eh, of all the other stuff, you sh- you show Jersey Shore in the real world and mm-hmm. this Flora Shore, yeah. all this <laughs> other bullshit that's on here that's just rough, man. I don't understand why you're why you're cool with showing that. But you can't wild, say man. naked, you can't say God, you can't what's going on Let there? Let me um
2: what if there's some kind of weird, archaic FCC kind of thing about morning hours because kids are more likely to be watching cartoons and shit I don't know. Them. I mean, this
0: has always been the case with M T V, right? Like if, even back in the eighties and the nineties where, you know, acts that would push the envelope like Madonna or Prince or something like that where or guns and roses where they try to get away with stuff in their videos whether it was visually or the language or stuff like that especially with you know nwa or dr dre or snoop or that kind of thing and it's like you know it, it seems like it's it's either continued on to 2018 which is insane yeah or it's gotten even worse which is it sounds like it has
1: basically the reason why this is a rant is we're listening to music it's all based on sound okay uh just the fact that in the normal flow of a song that it just keeps going like thi- mm. all the way through yeah uh is is annoying and i and i have at times just said i'm not going to watch this you know i'm not going to have this on because it's just it's so distracting the wikipedia page says uh mtv has frequently edited music vi- videos to remove lyrical references to drugs sex nudity violence weapons homophobia suicide or advertising um and mm. completely edits out swear words understood that swear words and racial slurs and all that other type of stuff is censored i understand mm-hmm. that that can be annoying too though because there's sometimes the songs that have a lot of those um but when it's just like this where it's like this guy's singing this beautiful song or whatever and it's like you cut out the reference to naked <laughs>
0: I don't get, I don't get
1: this at all. That's wow. Bizarre. Um there is every once
0: in a while in uh, YouTube videos uh that they release major acts they'll self-censor. Mm-hmm. An example of this was in the the recent DJ Khaled Justin Bieber Quavo Chance the Rapper song No Brainer. Mm-hmm. You ever heard this? Um it's weird because I don't think it's got any like curse words and stuff like that. But, you know, the video has, you know, half naked women. It's got, you know, all this booze and liquor and all that stuff all over the place. It's got Justin Bieber, which is offensive, just looking at him. He's got a mustache, by the way. Uh, (laughs) But then in Chance the Rapper's verse, he says something about like, I I hope that you make the booty clap. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make that booty clap, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Or you're going to make the booty clap. But they censor booty Hmm. in the YouTube video, in the YouTube version of this. And
1: I was like, "What the fuck is it? The booty?" Yeah, I, it, it just doesn't make sense. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where the hip, hip, hypocritical thing comes from. Okay, so Janelle Monae had a song that was basically just talking about her vagina mm-hmm. the entire song. Pink, yes, mm-hmm. pink. And there are there are actual spelt out pussy mm-hmm. signs written in the video that are uncensored. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. And I don't i don't understand where you draw the line if you're gonna say naked is wrong then certainly pussy in that context is
0: yeah that's weird yeah i you got me you got Has me anyone ever completely.
1: done
2: a video series like bad at overdubs where instead of bleeping the swear word you sweep you like overdub the non-swear word that comes after yeah, yeah. well i mean
0: jimmy kimmel does that this week in unnecessary censorship
2: but like do they do it where like Let's say a movie said, somebody says, you fucking pansy, and fucking is left out, but pansy is changed to like potato.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I don't think I've seen that.
2: That like seems it. like a funny idea to yeah. me. I may tinker with that this weekend. That could be fun. Of course, it was
1: the all all time greatest Mister Show. One of the all time greatest Mister Show skits is uh, the the Goodfellas uh, spoof called Pally's, <laughs> and it's like, and you don't you think, okay, this is just going to be a spoof of Goodfellas or whatever, but the the very like five ten seconds into the skit it's like edited for television shows up on the bottom of the screen and everything is like it's like oh this is the greatest mother fathering thing i've ever had (laughs) it's like it's like why don't you go why don't you go you know you know why don't you go tie your shoe you know (laughs) that type of stuff like that and like somebody's flipping them off and like an obvious like circle goes around and it's a thumb going (laughs) 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 yeah see
2: i want to do that joke but on the non-swear words and leave the swear words in there i like that I think
1: there's fun there. Awesome. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. All
2: right, so my rant. Are you done? I'm, I'm sorry. Done. I don't want to step on your rant. I want to talk a little bit about how these stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame work. Okay, because I feel like there is a huge misunderstanding, and the public is happy to just go along with it. Like there's some elected committee out there, like hand selecting. We're going to give one. Finally, Will Ferrell has done enough. Will Ferrell is going to get a star on the Walk of Fame, and like that's some kind of like. Almost like an Academy Award mm-hmm. kind of prestigious thing. And that's not what happens at all. Um, you have to be nominated. And you can be nominated by yourself. Uh, probably Donald Trump did. You can be nominated by a fan club, a friend, what have you. Hmm. Then you have to pay what is currently a fee of $40,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shit. Half of this goes to um, what they call a Hollywood Historic Trust. Which itself doesn't seem to have a website, and I actually I did a deep dive on this. I looked at some of their tax returns. Um, they bleed money every year. Really, they lose five hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars a year because they spend eight nine hundred thousand dollars annually on maintenance and cleaning of the stars, hmm. mm-hmm. and wow. they spend three or four hundred thousand dollars annually on ceremonies to commemorate the stars. So, once you've been nominated, they reach out to you. Uh, and you have to have some, obviously, connection to film, television, radio. I don't know. There's five pillars of entertainment that they judge by. I don't give a shit about that. Then you have to accept the nomination in in writing. I am willing to or do want this star. You have to agree to show up to the ceremony in person. This is why George Clooney doesn't have one. He doesn't want to do that. Oh, really? Yeah. There's huh. no, a number of stars that don't have Julia Roberts. Um, um, <clears throat> I forget where the other 20,000 goes, but I'm not suggesting any, like, I'm not suggesting financial malfeasance here, by the way. It goes to, like, the Chamber of Commerce or something. Mm. It's, it's all – oh, no, it goes to pay for the creation of your star, mm. uh, which apparently costs 20 grand. Sure. Fine, I'll take your fuzzy math. Um, and so when Donald Trump's star got destroyed, vandalized the other day with mm. a pickaxe, Mark Hamill came out because people first were, were saying, hey, let's let's not give it back to him. Uh, and then Mark Hamill came out and said, "Hey, you know we should give his spot to Carrie Fisher." Ah, okay. She doesn't have one. She doesn't. But my point is, and then like William Shatner came out and he was like, "Yeah, she hmm. should have one." William Shatner and Mark Hamill both have stars. They know exactly how this shit works. Mm-hmm. If you want Carrie Fisher to have a star, nominate her, pay the forty grand, and don't call out Donald Trump publicly and use your dead
1: co-star as some kind of political leverage. Mm. i wonder if they do know though because is that if the way the the process you just described couldn't that have been somebody just on behalf of mark hamill do did all the steps but there's
2: still a step in there that he had mark hamill has to sign in writing his willingness to accept the star and show up for the ceremony and there's video of him at the ceremony
1: yeah but all the steps before that would lead to you just saying, Oh, I they want me to have a star. Yes. yes. That that's that's all you would know. I'm
2: not trying to call anybody out that has a star as like evil or what have you. No, no. It's it's treated in the public eye like some kind of honor. That's kind of what I I was like a Democratic. Apparently they get three or four hundred nominations a year and there's a committee. It's a super secret committee Mm. and they choose twenty and twenty four of the people to get stars. And I just I felt like I felt like Mark I like Mark Hamill, and oh, he's yeah. clearly anti-Trump. But I felt like that was maybe not the right time to step in and say that. Or if you're going to at least say, here's how it works, right? Because you, you're right. Maybe he didn't pay the 40 grand for his own star, but at some point along the way, he knew it was going to cost that money, and he had to sign this thing and show up. And so it feels like it's not the kind of thing where like. Donald Trump doesn't know how to buy groceries, so he thinks you need an ID to buy groceries because he's never had to buy groceries. Right? This is not... I don't think this is that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like he knows how it works, and so does Shatner. He was trying to
0: score a
1: few points. It could could also be he could also be saying why don't you just give it give it to her and not worry about the forty thousand and all that that could be he might another be another call to that he might know? be
2: and again they have they're really weirdly strict about their rules like you can get one posthumously but you have to have been dead five years before they even let you be nominated oh really yeah huh so like john denver didn't want one turned it down a, a couple different times in his life hmm. and then after he died five years later somebody nominated him paid the fee and he has a star on the walk of Fame. oh hmm.
0: interesting that's not cool
2: well, I assume his estate probably had to approve it or sign off on it, but he himself did never want it. You did anyway, do a deep dive. into this. I did do a deep dive because I feel like it's one of the one of my biggest pet peeves about modern American culture, especially online, is just how much we hear a thing and spit it back out as a mm-hmm. fact, and nobody's doing any kind of fact checking anymore. Um, and you know, it frustrates me because I want. I want to at least have the facts and I want people who are making important decisions like voting for presidents and Congress people to have the facts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything from movies to stars on the Walk of Fame to what comes out of a politician's mouth, it's all there's probably a reason behind it. And, you know, I'd be willing to donate to a campaign to get Carrie Fisher a star on the Walk of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish that that was what it was being presented to me instead mm-hmm. of let's take Donald Trump's spot. And put Carrie Fisher in there, because everybody loves Carrie. It felt like I was kind of a little bothered that he used her in that instance. Because mm. you can separate that from the Donald Trump thing, um, I think. Anyway, yeah. um, sorry, that's my rant. That's how they work. Do some Googling. Mm-hmm. googling It's all run by the Chamber of Commerce. It's all a tourism thing. They want you to come to town and want to see that as a landmark. Um, you know, just It's not like an honor. It's not like there's some prestigious, it's not like, academy hmm.
1: when you first started going on this i thought you were about to say well it connects to the church of scientology <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, and i was like holy shit dude <laughs> we're onto something we figured out hollywood <laughs> no
2: like one of the i think that chairman of the board is The president of Paramount or former president of Paramount, they're actual legit people. It's just that for years and years, they wouldn't tell you who it was. Then they told you who it was one time, and they apparently haven't told you anything else since. And a couple (laughs) of those people died. Um, Anyway, it's weird. They could, could probably make a whole movie about that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Maybe I should. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you've got the I knowledge. I looked at three different years' tax returns on this company <laughs> just because I was fascinated by it. Like, why do we? Why are we even doing this? The city must be bringing in enough tourism dollars to justify it, and that doesn't go on the books of this historic trust that maintains the stars. But that trust is bleeding money. Between this and the
0: Oreo movie that you're working on, you're yeah. going to be busy. I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going
2: to be like the documentary king, <laughs> the <laughs> scriptwriting king, and no one will take my meetings. Yeah. All right. Well, I've
0: got another online rant. Um, so Ruby Rose was just cast as uh, Batwoman mm-hmm. in one of these CW DC universe, uh, Arrow and Supergirl and all that stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's going to debut like on Arrow or Green Arrow or whatever yeah. one of those shows, and then have an, a different show.
2: Well, from what I, that's the plan. Right. But for now, the only thing that's set in stone is she's going to guest a couple times on this other show. And I guess if it goes well. They're kind of testing the waters, I think.
0: So, I never watched Orange is the New Black when she was on there, but mm-hmm. I think that's where she got, like, her huge...
1: Yeah, like- that was, uh, it was, like, season three or four she shows up. I haven't seen the last two or three seasons, but, yeah, she she makes a presence pretty well known yeah. right off at the bat in that show and i was like who the fuck is that
0: <laughs> yeah and she's pretty she is <laughs> and I, yeah, I think she's like a former model i saw her in pitch perfect three we saw her in pitch we all saw her in pitch perfect three yeah she is a member of the lgbt community right and i don't know exactly where she falls on that but she's definitely identifies as as she says gay mm-hmm. and uh so the the uh the conceit of this whole thing was, okay, she gets cast. She is an openly gay, uh, and use that in a general term, uh, actress, mm-hmm. which is fantastic because the character's gay, actress who's playing her is gay. Awesome. Apparently, that's not good enough for some people. And on Twitter, people were viciously attacking this woman uh, for being not being gay enough, for not being Jewish, which the character is um and you know all these other things and she took just a a tremendous amount of flack of nothing that she has done she just merely got cast in fact it's a landmark casting for something like a cw show to not only have a gay character but to be played by a gay actress okay so that's one component of the story that's fantastic uh should all be good positive vibes go ahead you know do your thing make history things like that and she was so viciously attacked over her inability to uh, play this character authentically, that she has now uh, deleted her Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. In the grand scheme of things, deleting a Twitter account or a Facebook account or whatever it is, is not the end of the world, all right? You know, there are people with poverty and you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. problems in the world mm-hmm. and shutting down a Twitter uh, thing is, is uh, not the worst thing. But it is a symptom of something fucked up with our society. Uh, I don't know. This is not like uh, a Russian attack or bots or things like that. Maybe maybe it has something to do with it. But this is probably a lot of real people logging on to say, uh, I'm going to give you my vitriol uh, that's that's completely misguided because you're either not gay enough or you're too gay or you're not Jewish enough or whatever it is to play this character. And that is completely fucked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I could go in many different directions with this rant, but I want to focus on Twitter. Jeremy's been on Twitter for, for the longest, obviously. Um, it seems like Twitter has become oh, like a virtual hellhole these days. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing good that comes out of it, or, or there's very little good that comes out of it. It seems like a breeding ground for stay in your own camp and attack the other one viciously, and then you'll get attacked by this. It, it, it's just this very battle-centric uh, mentality mm-hmm. there's no good news coming out. It's all about like how uh the left or the right or this person to this person is horrible, and this is the reason why that kind of thing. I'm wondering, has it always been this way on Twitter? that's um, my first question.
2: My opinion is that it has sharply turned uh more angry and hateful in the recent year and a half, and i I don't think it's a coincidence mm-hmm. um, because we have. A sitting U.S. president who took office and didn't begin using his Twitter this way. He continued using his Twitter to attack his critics, mm-hmm. to lie, mm-hmm. to point out people he would like to see other people attack. Um, this is his main communication device, his Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Obama was basically the first president that used Twitter but he used it presidentially he didn't use it personally um and i just don't think it's a coincidence the timing of this and i think the first couple of years on twitter was a lot of fun for me i mean shit ryan johnson didn't like our video and posted about it and i never got death threats yeah i never got hate right yeah and you know Earlier this year, I posted a tweet about. I'm not sure I want to go see a quiet place because I don't know if I trust humanity around me enough to stay quiet for me to see it. And that tweet got a lot of attention from people who hate cinema sins, and it was because one guy with a bunch of followers said, "Oh, the guy that ruins movies for everybody doesn't want movies ruined for him."
1: Yeah, and there's your false equivalent. Exactly. By the this way. is another.
2: <laughs> th- this is another reason why I ranted about the stars of fame is that he says something like that, and it becomes the narrative. Boom guy who ruins movies for everybody what the fuck yeah we have a spoiler warning on our videos nobody ever watched one that didn't push play you make it sound like i'm walking into the theater with a loudspeaker <laughs> and so and again it that tweet of mine became weaponized against me 99 percent of the time that i feel bad about myself it's because of something that happened on twitter mm. these days 99
1: percent. i talk i think about quitting it all the time Hmm. i'm not on twitter but i read it a lot i go through it a lot would Um, you say
0: that's the the your your go-to social media thing
1: uh as far as getting news yes facebook is is unreliable news wise right yeah obviously Um, uh especially because i have so many friends on both sides of the aisle and it's just it's just eye rolling, and makes me want to hate you more. And I don't like feeling that way about yeah. you because I, in general, when I talk to people in person, I, I like that person. I don't want to hate you, but like every time you come up with this bullshit on Facebook and everything, I'm like,
2: Did you see that guy from Netflix's Queer Eye who tweeted out, "Not all Republicans are a racist," and he's catching flack for it?
0: Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean,
1: <laughs> what have we got, what have we become? Yeah, but the the i i go to twitter and i'll see what's trending and there's a few people that i'll i'll go and look at i search for them i don't have i don't have not follow them or anything um but uh whenever things get especially in the political realm it seems like false equivalence has become the go-to for everybody it is nobody understands that Yes, while what you're pointing out there is something that is wrong for the other side, it doesn't have anything to do with the subject that we're talking about. You have a lot of straw man and just false equivalents and those things are kind of intertwined Um, and it's it's that's what is just drives me crazy reading those type of things. You go through a whole thing. People are trying to one-up each other as far as what what clever quip, what clever meme, what clever whatever can I do to top this person. And a lot of people are just trolls. They'll never, ever, ever admit that what they just said is stupid. Mm-hmm. And they'll just keep going on and on. You know, you're like, you just keep making yourself look stupider and stupider. But you're never going to admit this, are you? So that's, that's one of those things, man. I don't know if it's because of the the medium, which is just text, and you don't see emotions, you don't see a face. We've talked about this for as long as social media has been a thing, yep. right? Yep. We don't ever see what the person's face looks like when they're saying stuff like this. I don't think some of the people would even have the balls to say the things that they would they Oh, hell no. They're typing. Mm-hmm. So there's, an anonymous, there's anonymous, anonymous, <laughs> anonymity. anonymity. There's there's that. There is the fact that you can't see the other person. There is uh you know, there's just a lot of things that you would never say out in public. Well,
2: and you have direct access unless they block you. You can get right up in anyone's face on Twitter and say, You suck. Mm-hmm. And they can they might block you, they might mute you, or what have you, but that's why Ryan Johnson ultimately defended himself in the movie so much after Last Jedi is because a lot of the people were tweeting at Ryan Johnson, they have this access to Make these claims or what have you. So you combine that with the troll nature of it. God, yeah. It's, I mean, the, the only problem I have is that I still find value there. Mm. I still find value from a news perspective in that when there is breaking news, I can, I, I will learn about it on Twitter before I will learn about it anywhere. On television, yeah. on Reddit, on a news website, Twitter's going to tell me first. And I that's value to me. The other thing is that there are positive relationships I've made. We never would have met LaRange if it wasn't for Twitter. We never would have met Jeremy Simser if it wasn't for Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and those two people are people we consider friends. Uh and so I I don't want to walk away. I do have this very Jeremy reaction to this though. <laughs> like, do you have to quit Twitter? Could you just maybe not open the app anymore? Like are you talking have, about with like Ruby Rose or not Ryan Johnson? Her or specifically, or like that? but people who have quit Twitter celebrities Mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of it that's almost like you you're making a statement about it and i get that that's fair maybe you want to say i'm quitting because ruby rose surely did she sent a tweet about it i think she's even spoken out since about it she wants you to know she quit twitter because you guys were mean and that's her prerogative but if but for me i'm not sure i would ever quit twitter like delete it Mm -hmm. i might just stop opening that
1: tab yeah
2: I don't have the Twitter app on my phone. I only use it on my computer. Oh, really? And
1: then you could just always, if you need to go back, exactly. just go and say a thing here and there. And you just have one of those Twitter feeds that have like, you know, a three months, every three months something comes up. You yep. know, there's some people who have that Twitter where you're like, oh, I want to. I wonder what they're saying about this or whatever. And it's like the last tweet was like, you know, May 4th. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: and like, you know, we've said this before. We only started the Twitter So we could basically try and let Ryan Johnson know that we weren't being serious with the videos. And then after that, it became this one, you know, it's a tool. People are using it. Maybe we can use it for market. It has not resulted, at least the way I use it, has not resulted in... I don't think any kind of growth to our YouTube fan base. It's dwarfed in numbers by the followers on YouTube. So I don't. And that's why I stopped tweeting out the videos several months ago, because it didn't seem like I mean, people who are on Twitter following they they know when the videos come out. Mm. They don't need to be reminded. And it's not bringing me any new. In fact, what it was bringing me was hate.
1: Yeah, that's why I would tweet
2: out a new video. A fan of ours would retweet it. Somebody who follows them on Twitter who hates my guts would come to me and say, "You fucking suck." God, and damn. I was like, "Well, I don't. I'm, I'm just going to stop giving you that kind of shit. I'm going to give you cat pictures." And if yeah. you Come on to that. And tell me I fucking <laughs> suck. Exactly. They're going to let you have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I agree. It's 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 gotten worse. I think it's if it's not measurable, it's noticeable. I don't I don't think it's a fluke.
0: It's interesting that you have to be right. You have to at least be partially right about. And both of you said uh, the the politics. Is the spark that lights the fire on here. And it seems like, in the case of Ruby Rose or Kelly Marie Tran or stuff like that, yep. where it seems like the political emboldenment has filtered down to now entertainment. And we're going to vote you out if we don't like this because
2: you're not gay enough or you're not pretty well, enough. Well, and let's for that be kind of honest, thing. that's why the people defending James Gunn, like I want to talk about James Gunn again, uh, that's why they were doing it, is they felt like Twitter had been weaponized against him. In their, in their view, unfairly. Mm. And that's that's why we're stuck in this murky rut now, because both sides are basically weaponizing Twitter to try and out people on the other side that they don't like. And we're left to go, well, where do we draw on the line here? Which case is cut and dry and which case is murky? Yeah. Like, I and you know. can
0: use, that's a perfect term to, to encapsulate this, you can weaponize Twitter. Yeah. Because you can use any in-context or out-of-context tweet to use as you know some sort of fodder for whatever opinion you want to draw mm-hmm. right you yep. can say like well you said that not too long ago you know this is why i, I don't think i've ever posted really an, a controversial opinion sure. i've never gotten any like hate tweets or anything like that that i remember uh because all my stuff is pretty vanilla because i kind of want to avoid all that stuff
2: yeah um well, in hindsight you know i would probably take a few tweets back well but i mean i don't think i ever said anything that was like weaponizable right exactly and uh, so i mean it's just
0: it's so it, it, it's a phenomenon because i remember and this is going on a little off topic but like the, the arab spring in egypt mm-hmm. everybody, everybody was saying how amazing twitter was as a tool mm-hmm. to get to get information out about mm-hmm. like what's happening on the ground and that kind of thing and i was thinking this is before i got on twitter i was thinking that's pretty fucking amazing mm-hmm. that this this is a, you know a free gift for the world quote um, that people can use for uh, free information, things like that, and like you said, you know, you, you get breaking news and things like that. But the weaponization of it has really gotten very concerning. You know, I don't know if this applies to Facebook. I think Facebook has kind of been that way for a little bit longer. I don't really know. Uh, I don't know if Instagram is any any safer. I know Kelly manrique Tran was attacked on Instagram, so. I don't know. It seems like Twitter itself is definitely the most volatile, and probably because the president is using it so much. Well,
2: it just—it can't be a coincidence, man. not—not yeah. not just that he's using it so much, but he's using it v- with vitriol. He's mm-hmm. using it in an attacking sense, right? And it's—it it speaks to this is how he communicates, even off Twitter. It's, it's very aggressive, trying to project strength, and uh, you know, it's the, the polar opposite of Obama, who was always trying to project you know open arms and consideration of all viewpoints and i just it can't be a coincidence Mm -hmm. and um yeah there was a time not too long ago where i would say youtube comments cesspool i'd rather talk to people on twitter (laughs) now i'm like youtube comments and twitter cesspool i'd rather
1: just talk to my wife
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a good idea yep
1: yeah i mean they could go on and on about how how this how this stuff kind of sucks but yeah i think there's enough positive to stay on it Uh, for the most part and you can always block uh people who are you know
2: (laughs) assholes or mute them mute Mute is the best i don't understand block because when you block someone you give them power and blocking you can see it every day on twitter blocking is like a badge of honor like especially if you get donald trump to block you go look at Leftist Twitter, and see how many people have images of you've been blocked by the real Donald Trump. Of course, which is
1: apparently illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot that rules, but there matter. are st- there are still people who are blocked apparently on. Yeah, yeah and and but
2: uh, if you mute, they don't ever know. Yeah. They think you hear every other insult they throw at you, and they're just wasting their time. It's beautiful. <laughs> if I don't know why, I don't even know why the block option exists. Yeah. They should yeah. just have mute. Yeah. Go about your life. I don't ever see your shit anymore.
1: All right. So news? News on the mark.
0: That is my news. So I'll defer oh, okay. to your news.
1: Um, uh, over the past week, uh, we found out that Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, um, weren't going to be. They they basically went away from the negotiating table for Star Trek Four. Yeah. Because they weren't going to get paid enough, and of course, there's the story is that they had the deals in place for Star Trek Four. And, uh, of course, Star Trek Beyond didn't do exactly what, uh, Paramount would have liked to have seen. And then I think they went back to the table and said, Hey guys, could you take a pay cut? And they did not. Um, I don't really understand the position here from Pine and Hemsworth, unless they feel like if they take a pay cut here, they'll have to take a pay cut everywhere. And maybe that's what they're thinking. I don't know. Oh. Um, Man, I read it immediately as this is the studio trying to blame them for the performance of Star
2: Trek Beyond, and they fucked up the marketing of it. It's mm. not the actor's fault. That was actually my just my instant take. Uh, I'm not saying that's correct. Oh, I don't know. But I, I mean, could see Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth going, you're blaming us because Star Trek Beyond didn't do well? And you cut that. I mean, even Simon Pegg came out and said that first trailer was trash and didn't yeah, yeah. represent the movie you were trying to. So maybe the studio should just shut up and hire a better marketing firm and yeah i don't know i don't know I what mean, kind of dollars and cents we're talking about
1: beyond definitely was not marketed right i mean i remember when i saw trailers for it and i, I don't i think it came out late july or something like that yeah it was, i think it was july it was something it was a weird release date for star Trek. i remember uh nothing looked good ab- about it and then i watched it and i loved it and i love it probably as much as any of the new stars. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, the thing is that didn't translate to m- most John Q moviegoers though. They didn't see anything that was exciting in the trailers that they wanted to go see. Um, so yes, it, the studio definitely I feel dropped the ball and I think Pine and, and Hemsworth is uh, was it was supposed to be a time traveling thing cuz he yeah. was play, he's playing Kirk's dad and he was yeah. only in the first one.
2: His his first 10 minutes in that first JJ J. Abrams Trek is probably the best 10 minutes of all JJ J. Abrams Trek. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean he's he's great in that role. Oh, I would yeah. love to see that. But yep. yeah, it doesn't sound like it's gonna happen. No. But
1: it also opens up a sort of an interesting topic of of what is responsible when you have a Star Trek or a Marvel movie or something like that, uh what is responsible for its success? Is it the actors that are in it? Sometimes maybe. But I feel like it's the characters most of the time kirk is more kirk is more famous than chris pine is sure right sure so uh, you can if you can find any kind of actor who is worth his salt and put him in as kirk it's not going to make much difference to the bottom line i don't think it
2: will to me though because i think chris pine is like just the best Mm -hmm. no
1: i think he's great too but that's to say that there's nobody else out there no i agree uh i don't know if i don't know if i felt like chris pine was going to be a good kirk when i first saw the yeah, trailer i didn't either and he turned out to be wonderful it's the same thing with anybody else that they might pick yeah um so i i don't i in this situation i feel like you know pine and hemsworth could probably say eh yeah that last one didn't do very well let's let's just go ahead and take the pay cut but i i wonder if it's more it's not really about the money it's more about the what I can get later on down the road from other movies, I think you're and right. I don't. I don't know if that's the case, but I don't know. If I were Pine and Hemsworth, I would probably just go ahead and do it. I don't really. I mean, I wouldn't care that much. But if you're, it, you know, the it. If you can, if you're known as, I guess, a pushover at that point, maybe they had they made the right decision. I don't
2: maybe know. Maybe they know behind the scenes something we don't know creatively. Yeah, it could be because I've. There's two scripts being developed, Tarantino's mm-hmm. and another one, and I've read both. Of them are supposed to have the original J.J. Abrams cast attached. I don't know how that works. By the way, this may be sacrilege to a lot of Trek fans, but I vote we take Trek away from Paramount because mm-hmm. they've they've really only gotten a couple of things right over forty or fifty fucking years. The original series, <laughs> yeah. the Next Generation, and a handful of the movies. Yeah. And right now, they're literally just firehosing that shit. They're like, because oh, f- we'll, first they give us we're going to do Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. but we're going to hide it behind a paywall. Because we're idiots. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the first season, we're going to show the Enterprise. And now I'm reading news about the casting of Spock for season two of Discovery. And I'm like, why didn't you just make original series again? Mm -hmm. If you can't wait to blow your load to get to the Enterprise and Spock, you don't have an actual story to tell me separate from those characters. So then just tell me a story with those characters. Now we're getting an aged Picard series. I just don't think they know what they're doing.
1: I also wonder about the popularity of Star Trek itself because here's 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 some I guess some sort of inside baseball type stuff but um you t- typically when we do a a video for a movie that's you know big it's got a lot of it tends to get lots of views because most people have seen that movie and whatever they'll watch the video whatever star trek videos don't do very well on our channel yeah that's wild um and 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 i you know a while back started like let's do the old ones and everything those old ones do nothing Mm. and um and so like I, I wonder about the actual popularity of Star Trek at this point, because it, it seems like it's almost niche or cult at this point. Well, and I'll be
2: honest. The only reason I ever got into Trek at all was because my mom and her sister were big Trek fans. Mm. Oh, they, really? They grew up with the original series, and my mom's 70. hmm And a lot of core Trek audience may have aged out. Yeah. And they tried to grab some younger viewers with Enterprise and Scott Bakula, and that didn't work. Yep. And maybe they're trying again with Discovery. I don't know how well that worked. Um, I know Simser watched it. Mm-hmm. I think he said it was a little uneven. A lot of people seem to think the Orville is the show that Star Trek Discovery should have been. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
2: I haven't seen either. but
1: uh, Orville, I haven't seen the whole... I mean, I've seen like two episodes. I liked what I saw. I never haven't seen the, the yeah, remainder I of it. I just don't feel like they
2: know what, what, what worked about it when it worked. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've made so many failed attempts now i mean i love patrick stewart i think picard is probably the single greatest character in all of trek Mm -hmm. i still don't have much of a boner for him to come back to tv Mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna be like the father dowling mysteries of the starship
1: (laughs) this guy on the internet is trying to tell me how mr picard is better than than captain kirk oh captain
2: janeway it's interesting (laughs) you were
0: talking about the uh, the box office there's only four of the movies in the entire series that have been over a hundred million it's uh, the 2009 reboot, Into Darkness, Beyond is third, uh, for the Voyage Home, uh, First Contact. Oh, First Contact didn't even make it. So, it's, Yeah, the Voyage the, Home. The would, Voyage Home is another yeah. one. Yeah,
2: so maybe it's more niche than any of us want to believe. Niche. Yeah, well, I'm in that niche. I am too. I like it. I just want it to be good. Yeah. <laughs> you got um, some news? I think I have some news. I'm much more interested. I hope we get to the warn and recommend. Oh, I this, is, this can be quick. Uh, I learned of a new service. It's called Does the Dog Die? It's a website. Uh-huh. And they list a bunch of things that people can get triggered by in movies. Ah, um, and they'll list whether or not you can go there. If there's a movie you're thinking about watching or going to the theater, you can go to this website and find out all kinds of shit. Are there bugs? Is there a suicide? Uh, does the dog die? Does the horse die? Is there? Does someone get cancer? Uh, is there a tornado? Because, um, because of life. I am somewhat triggered now um, when I see a suicide in a movie, particularly a certain kind of suicide. Uh, And knowing this service existed would have helped me twice in the last year Mm. uh, to avoid what were rough evenings. Um, But it's not just suicide, right? Because I know that I'm triggered by that, but somebody who hasn't experienced it firsthand or close up is not. Mm -hmm. They don't need that trigger. But but same with like, OK, so my wife has a, has a kind of a large fear of storms because there was a terrible tornado and thunderstorm system when she was like six that came through the neighborhood, knocked out a bunch of trees, knocked her power out, scared the shit out of her. And she's got a little PTSD from it, even as an adult. People have that about all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just can't handle it when a dog in a movie dies. Yeah, I, I can't. And uh, <laughs> um, so, anyway, I wanted to make everybody aware of this website. I like because that. Because we all have our own triggers. They've got dozens and dozens of them. Uh, and you might think some of them are silly, but the people who are affected by them don't. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just i going to be using it from now on. Uh, the interface is not great. Um, I
0: wonder how many. I mean, obviously, it's inherently spoiler-filled. But I guess it's specific spoilers, right? Like, it's t- I it, mean, it's not like this is the end of the movie, but...
2: The uh, idea isn't to spoil the idea. I, I think if you use the service, correct, you're only spoiled with a movie that you decide not to see anyway. Okay. And that for that sense? event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah. And for that event, because you can kind of go by trigger, you can search by trigger and drill down and it'll list the movies underneath that. Oh, okay. Or you can search for a movie and it'll tell you if it has any trigger events. It's a really, really, I actually, I actually have thought in we- recent weeks, somebody should do like a suicide in movies kind of app where you can just check it real quick. That's already done. It's here, and it's along with a bunch of other stuff. Um, So check it out. Down. (laughs) All right. Down with that. Recommends
1: and warns? Let's do it, baby. Totes amazeballs. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Uh I'm going to recommend Isle of Dogs. Ooh. I oh, actually okay. just had
2: someone not recommend this to me. And
1: is this on video? Talk about one of the trigger warnings you were just talking about. Oh. There there is one you don't I don't think you uh there's a there's a a part at the very beginning where uh so the so japan has decided to get rid of all their dogs because there's so many in this in this one area and they're and they they're apparently bring disease and all this other type of stuff so they've decided they're gonna get rid of all their dogs and put them on this like giant island of of trash essentially australia so yeah exactly <laughs> there you go australia Oh gosh. you've been served australia <laughs> we
2: don't take none of your shit i was just i was actually thinking about like historically isn't that how australia was created as like a prison colony like let's just take all of our people we don't want and put them on that island yeah, and yeah. then it became australia am it, i wrong it about was, that
1: it, I yeah think so. i think yes yeah. so okay. like uh, prisoners from england or whatever yeah um but uh at the very beginning the prime minister or whatever sends his own pet dog out and you see this i think it's during the opening credits or whatever you see this dog being like like you know pullied over to the to the uh he's in a he's in a little cage or whatever pullied over to this island or whatever and the uh the the box drops he's in this cage and he's just sitting there and there's nobody there to open the cage oh shit and so the next time you see that cage there's bones in there oh shit (laughs) and so you're like oh that fucking sucks (laughs) now it it turns out not to be that dog Uh, but it is a dog Oh, (laughs) interesting. Um, yeah, I can see why people would say don't watch this. In fact, I was very close to saying A Warren because of that type of subject hmm. matter, but just like Fantastic Mr. Fox, and it's not like it's not as good as Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, it's got that same Wes Anderson sensibility, the way he tells stories, the way things are, you know, the way the actors are. I mean, everybody's just really good in it. Brian Cranston is one of the main dogs in this you have harvey keitel edward norton all these ah, people the the
0: regular cast the
1: regular regular crew and everything and uh uh and it just it, tell, it it's a story about this kid trying to find his dog and everything and they go across this entire island and trying to find his his pet dog and everything this
0: and, is like stop motion not like fantastic mr spot
1: <laughs> boy i just saw a movie in my head that i really want yes.
2: to
0: see. yes <laughs> it's not exactly like the same animation as fantastic mr fox is it oh i thought it was yeah, it is, is it? It, it is Okay. Yeah.
1: um I, I ended up i ended up enjoying it. it like i said it's not nearly it's i don't think it's nearly as good as fantastic mr fox but uh, uh i found it enjoyable and i can see why it didn't do anything when it came out and i don't know how you market a movie like this i mean yeah. you could you could technically uh, just show the, you know, the story of a kid trying to find his dog or whatever and sort of, trick people into watching it or whatever but yeah.
0: no the marketing was weird for it, this it's one.
1: very yeah it was there was i was every time i saw a trailer for this i was like well you guys just gave up didn't you yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh,
0: is this on video or did you see it on uh, uh i have the, the blu-ray oh, okay good
1: yeah so it's uh, i don't know i don't know if it's on anywhere else but uh I, I i just i just happened to watch it one day i enjoyed it cool uh the warn uh i just happened to watch Fight.
0: oh okay <sighs> <laughs> didn't
1: i already warn this one <laughs> no um what you did was uh i think we brought up fist fight okay and you said something about how it was bad uh <laughs> i knew it was bad going in but i wanted to see i was curious as to how bad it was um sometimes i think a comedy writers set up a situation that is so unbelievable that all the comedy they're trying to generate just doesn't have anything real to come off. Does you know, you need some reality, you need some grounding in reality to have humor in your movie. The very beginning of this movie, uh, Charlie days walking through and it's like the last day of school, Mm. last day of school. And the, everybody's pulling pranks, but these are pranks that are like, not really pranks. They're just like asshole things. (laughs) Like, you know, and they're like, you know, putting out big side last fucking day of school and, <laughs> uh, and, you know, and doing all this stuff. That's just like, you can't get away with that. I'm sorry. You can't. I don't care how bad this school is. You're not getting away with that. And it's not really a bad school. It's not like lean on me. No, no, <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, that's what doesn't make much sense about it. It's like everybody's just a dickhole in this school. Um, uh, and. So they set up this thing where just anything kind of goes and then it's the last day of school and it's never, it's not, it's not any last day of school I've ever been in. Yeah. Like it, the classes are being taught as normal. <laughs> um, nice. uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the principal is doing all these like interviews, for people to keep their jobs, essentially, all the way through the day, and of course Charlie Days is at the very end of the day, and he's got to he's got to uh, find a way to get to his kids' play and all this other bullshit they throw on top of him, on top of the fact that uh, at one point he goes in to help. I- this is how the big fist fight thing comes up. He goes in to help Ice Cube with uh, a VCR that's not working right. And Charlie Day finds out one of the kids has copied one of the remote controls on his phone and he's turning the TV off by by that. And like Charlie Day finds out it's this kid and they and uh he takes the takes the phone away from him and they have another phone somehow that you know and so at, on the second time that this happens Ice Cube goes ballistic and pulls out a fucking axe what? and like chops this dude's desk down that's how angry he gets and uh and so then ice cubes like yeah you know teachers stick together you can't can't tell anybody about this and everything <laughs> so they go to the principal's office and the principal is uh dean norris from breaking bad and he says something like he's like hey these stupid pranks man uh they got uh they got them i've got a mariachi band following me all the way around <laughs> there's a mariachi band they cut to mariachi band outside of his office sing, you know doing playing music and stuff and you're like oh ha ha mariachi band hilarious yes yeah. uh in those charlie day ends up because he can't really tell the truth without he can't tell a lie really because it's it's impossible to tell a lie about someone pulling out an axe (laughs) ice cube gets pissed off at him because he gets fired because of the the incident and everything and so he's like it's like after school we're going to be fist fighting and whatever and he's like okay all right, and so the whole day is him trying to he's trying to get advice from people or trying to figure out a way to get ice cube in jail or you know so that he doesn't have to do this fist fight at the end. And uh, yeah, they set up a situation it's it's so weird when when comedies like that like that could have been fun, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that could have been a fun movie, but they set up a situation that's so not based in reality really just anything goes at that point like he calls the cops and the cops laugh at him yeah and it's just okay i don't i don't get what's funny about yeah, that yeah. but you know <laughs> i guess somebody in the room thought it was funny it's, when they were bad it's, it's bad. a horrible movie
2: not a good time wow i would watch the house before watching well you know and,
1: and uh and the house was on the other day and i was like oh yeah there's some parts in here that i like yeah, yeah. it's got some laughs
2: yeah. yeah uh i'm gonna recommend a movie called punching henry uh, of course i've never heard of this movie.
1: so they were no longer regarding henry they, started <laughs> no, punching it, they like, got so tired of waiting him, for yeah. his rehabilitation yeah that's they right. started punching henry uh this is henry
2: phillips is the name of the, the main character he's playing a skewed version of himself and from what i'm guessing he's a stand-up comic who hasn't hit upper echelon fame but has friends who have uh because there's a lot of Famous people in this in small roles, from Sarah Silverman to Tig Notaro. Hmm. uh, Doug Stanhope, I think, is in it. Uh, Clifton Collins Jr. has a small role. Um, and uh, Oh, and J.K. Simmons. So basically, it's a very uh, Larry David-esque kind of feel. Hmm. Um, Slice of life. I don't know if there are any punchlines in this movie, as much as there are... Just situations that are giggly and silly. So he's playing a stand-up comic who does funny songs. Uh, And they're generally pretty funny. Um, But he'll, like, play a beat and he'll be like, uh, uh, I'm not going to do any justice to his songs. He does silly songs as a stand-up comedian. Uh, And he's going around playing all these dive bar comedy places, not making any money or having any fame. And finally, J.K. Simmons is some kind of magic maker in the biz and sees him do a set and loves it, and says, we're going to set up a meeting in the network, the, the fun network tomorrow. It's some fictional network. So they go to this meeting the next day, and the network wants to do a reality series about him. And he's initially excited until he realizes the reality series is about how much of a schmuck he is. <laughs> and the, going around telling all these stupid joke songs to people who don't care, and basically they want to exploit his life. Ah. So he's got a chance finally to be famous, which is what most comedians want, but it's at the risk of basically making fun of himself for the rest of this career. One side note is there are these two guys who work for the network and their social media gibberish speak is fucking hilarious yeah. because they're not using any real social media names. So they're like, we uploaded it to Chub Thumper and we're getting all these friendlies and it's really funny. Um And uh, there's just there's a couple of funny gags. He goes to a hotel at one point and he tries to check in. And she's like, I don't have your name. And she's like, I do have somebody listed under funny guitar guy. (laughs) And he's like, it's just probably my manager playing a joke or what have you. So she's like, oh, she's like, usually it's under your name. He's like, well, I'm a funny guitar guy. I'm a comedian. I'm booked here for the, the restaurant. So he goes up to his room. (laughs) <laughs> like an hour later this guy shows up claiming the room and the guy's like what's your name and he's like funny guitar guy i booked he's your opening act and so his manager just never booked him a room it's that kind of humor all the way through the one part i wanted to relate the story i wanted to relate is early in the movie there's a scene of him on an elevator i think he's going up to this network meeting and there's a bunch of people around him and one of them is a cute girl and he kind of like looks like he wants to flirt with her and he kind of like like grunts something clearly embarrasses himself and the doors open, and he runs off as quickly as possible. And everybody on the elevator kind of leans over to look after he goes. And that's it. That's, that's <laughs> the end of the scene. At the end of the movie, he's on stage, and he starts telling the story of this time I was in an elevator. And you actually get to see the rest of it this time. And what happened was he was so embarrassed by flirting with the girl, he decided, whatever happens, when those doors open, I'm going to book it to the left and act like I'm all business, and I'm just out of here. The Problem is, when the doors open and I booked it to the left... There was a corner there, and there was no hallway. So I just kind of decided to stand there and hide as though I had disappeared. And then I looked across the hall, and there was a giant mirror, and everybody in the elevator could see me standing. And so it gave me enough giggles and chuckles. I had a really good time watching it, um, and I'd never heard of it. And uh, I think you guys might enjoy checking Mm, it out. Man, you know what? I like
0: stand-up comedy movies generally. I mean, we talked about funny people, but Punchline... Uh, the Kamal Nanjani movie last year, yeah, the big sick, the big sick. Uh, the it's it's more improv, but that Mike Birbiglia, don't think twice. Yeah. Uh, movie I liked a lot, but yeah, in general, like uh, those those do it for me because they're typically written really well. They're typically you know pr- have little vignettes in there, like you were describing. That's kind of my. I'm gonna check this.
2: out. I think you would enjoy it. Uh, and again, you've got enough cameos here because like Tig Notaro is a friend of his who's a lesbian in a relationship. And they, they, they can't afford to use a donor. So they ask Henry to sleep with the non-Tignataro lesbian to impregnate her. And so they're doing it. And he, he's like, it's almost, it's almost time. And then he pulls out, out of habit. <laughs> and she gets so mad at him because he basically just had free sex with her. <laughs> anyway, I think he would enjoy it. Uh, my Warn is going to be a movie called All I See Is You. I love catching movies like this. It's got Jason Clark and Blake Lively in it. Uh-huh.
1: Um, oh, I remember I remember when we were doing one of the preview uh, episodes. This had a trailer, but it was like nothing. I could not figure out what it was. Is it a thriller?
2: It is. Okay. It's fucked up. I would not recommend. This is a warn. Uh-huh. Blake Lively is blind. She's been blind since the car accident when she was a little kid. And this is set in the near future. And her doctor says, well, we've done some research and it looks like we can transplant one of your eyes the other one the such and such is broken it won't send the image to your brain but on your right eye we can give you a a transplant eye and you will be able to see again and she's like awesome so they put her on this list and she goes home and Jason Clark is like this loving doting husband Uh, the only good thing about the movie is how well how they change how they shoot him as Hmm. the movie goes on Um, because I'm about to tell you things about him that you don't suspect at first because he's shot very lovingly. He's always looking out for her, guiding her where she needs to go, what have you. Well, She goes in when they call her for the transplant time. She gets her thing and the doctor's like, okay, you got to take these eye-, eye drops once every day. You got to take these eye drops three times a day. This all goes on for six weeks, blah, blah, blah. Come back and see me, such and such. So she gets home. She starts to be able to see. And it turns kind of into like a marriage drama for a little bit while she starts testing her independence and freedom. And it makes him nervous. And he also starts to feel less needed. But then her eyes, her eyes starts to stop working. And basically she, it turns out that Jason Clark started fucking with her eye drops so that she'd go blind again. Oh my God. Need him more. And she finds out at some point, but doesn't tell him at the same time. She has a one night stand out of anger and gets pregnant (laughs) and doesn't tell him. (laughs) But Jason Clark finds out because he sees like a medical bill or something. So they're both carrying these like (laughs) Stephen King worthy evil secrets about each other. (laughs) And it just falls apart
1: (laughs) in a way that's just not even fun to watch. It seems like none of those movies. Did you remember a movie called Blink? Yes. Madeline Stowe and Amy Quinn in it. That was... uh, She gets that's where she's blind and then they she gets like new eyes and she can see the serial killer or whatever something like or she gets
2: the serial killer's eyes yeah
1: yeah something like that (laughs) it would have to almost be that right gets the evil eye yeah and then there was, well, this wasn't a thriller, but At First Sight yep. that had uh, Mira Sorvino and Val Kilmer. Those yep. movies aren't very good. No, and
2: this was Mark Forster
1: directed this. I went yeah. and looked it up. This Monsters is World Ball. War Z,
2: Monsters Ball, <laughs> Finding Neverland. Wow. And this movie. That would be one of his misses. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't, what I didn't, is it called again? It's called uh, All I See Is You. All right. I'll avoid that one. Yeah, I would recommend you avoid it. You got any recommends
0: and warns? Yeah, I do. Uh, have you guys watched the new season, Better Call Saul? Uh, yes Uh, i am
2: up to date and i have uh thoughts that are not
0: like yours yeah well i understand that because they've gone in a different direction in this season so far it's Mm -hmm. only been two or three episodes two episodes episodes. um and i dig it man like Mm -hmm. i know i know that some of the storylines are completely distinct at this point and that can feel jarring when they go from one to the other because you get this momentum going with the whole uh jimmy and kim storyline and everything and then it switches to mike and then it switches to gus and that kind of thing but what you see at the end of the the second episode is that you know he calls mike so now it's starting to converge and i liken that to to something like a stephen king novel does this a lot to where he'll take a storyline and go all the way up and and end you on a cliffhanger and then switch to a different storyline and then he'll weave it into you know three quarters of the way through Mm -hmm. and i dig that kind of thing um but all that to say it's still shot so gorgeously it's still got moments of absolute brilliance uh one of the uh The director of the second episode is a woman that did some classic Breaking Bad episodes. And uh, she describes in one of the interviews uh, how she got this wonderful monologue from Jimmy where he goes in because he really wants to get a job as a copy salesman. And he wows him. He kills him. Mm -hmm. Like after it takes some persistence, but he nails it. And they're like, you know what? We're going to hire you right away. And then he stops and just Fucking does a complete 180. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's one of the 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 best acting performances on a TV show I've seen in a while.
2: Yeah. I will I will say, the gal who plays his girlfriend Kim, mm-hmm. her scene. Oh with yeah, with Howard, law firm guy. Oh, that
1: was amazing. Was I think tops that. Yeah, uh, and this is the same episode.
2: <laughs> and he, yeah. here's the deal. I think it is a plus, brilliant, genius level television. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I am getting what i signed up for i'm getting breaking bad again and i signed up for something that was sold to me as in the same universe but not the same show yeah and now i feel like we, like especially that episode this most recent one jimmy is like a guest of the week almost he has screen time wise it's all about gus and nacho and all that stuff mm-hmm. and again if I think if you had told me at the end of Breaking Bad, now we're going to do Breaking Bad the early years and show you how all this came together, Mm. I wouldn't have any complaints Mm. because I've talked with Dicer about this privately. He's like, it's great. It's Breaking Bad. Why don't you want more of this? And I'm like, well, if you were going to tell more of this, tell more. But it's not really
1: it's not really Breaking Bad, though. That's the thing. Like, it's uh, I think that's a complete uh, mistake to think that it's a. Breaking Bad. The the highs that uh, came from Breaking Bad were seeing Walt go through all of his stuff, and making the meth, and 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 all the different st- levels that he had to go through. And like, yes, uh, it, we're seeing those beginning stories of Breaking Bad. I think the 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 Jimmy scene in that second episode illustrates why they don't need to do Breaking Bad stuff.
2: I agree, but they um, do. I feel like that whole ending, that final scene with Nacho and the and the other dude, was the same. I don't mean it's breaking bad story
1: wise. No no, I am agreeing that, with you. Oh okay.
2: Well, yeah. I felt like that was the same as when Gus goes in Breaking Bad to the, the Don's goes. house. I'm just saying that it oh, I'm yeah.
1: just saying basically to dicer through you oh i see through this podcast <laughs> that when he says it's breaking bad no it's not i it's, see it's a it's a beginning story it's those like you know it's those prequels or whatever i see i, must, to, I misunderstood to the thing it, yeah i like yes all the there's st- story beats that are breaking bad but it's not breaking bad all the stuff with uh him and his brother
2: uh, in the first couple seasons, I thought was fantastic. We had none of that in Breaking Bad. I don't. I guess I don't get moved seeing the assassin twins from Breaking Bad in the hospital room this time. Mm. They were there before. Bum bum ba bum. Yeah. I'm just like yeah. Uh,
0: the I- weakest part of the show is is Gus Fring because he's already omniscient. Now in the early seasons, it showed the conflict with him in Salamanca to where like he was he was the scrappy underdog. Yeah. Those. And that made sense, but now. He's made his move, essentially, and now he's consolidated power. The
2: showrunners have said it's possible that Walt is still alive during the Cinnabon scenes you're seeing with Jimmy, and I'm like, why do you even need to say that shit? Well, I know you're going to parade him in the background at some point, and that's going to be the jump the shark moment for me. It's going to be where I give up, and I'm still going to call it brilliant television. I just don't want to see it. (laughs) I, I wanted to see the story of how he became Saul. And yeah, I feel like we're starting to lose some of that. If it were only that, though, I think it, the, the
0: show would suffer. Because you know where he's going to end up. You know, and it, Breaking Bad has never been about uh, Walt, necessarily. It, mm. it was about Jesse. It was about his family. Mm. It was about Hank and Marie. Mm. It was about well, all these tangential completely
1: disagree. Yeah,
0: I don't think I agree with that. No, no, no. I'm saying it wasn't solely about Walt. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. And this, if it were just about no, I agree. If but, it were just about Walt, it would just be like, do, oh well, this guy's making these, these n- moves. Do you and you Better
2: like, Call Saul's non-Jimmy characters need to all be from the Breaking Bad universe? Because it seems like most of them are. Well, because a lot of them end
0: up now. Nacho doesn't end up in Breaking Bad, so obviously we know that there's some sort of ending arc for him. But you know, a lot of them end up in that same community, so it makes sense to have these ties kind of coming in. I don't disagree with you totally because. Again, the the fring stuff is is not necessarily you know the the strongest. I stuff. think
2: that's what's bugging me the most.
0: I think it's these other threads that I think made Breaking Bad so so rich.
2: Like why why it's the same can't thing in this. I feel like we're seeing too much Gus? The Mike stuff makes a little more sense. Um and Mike's a great character. They're all great characters. Again, that's the thing. I think. The, I think what Dicer's trying to say is it's top notch television. What's to complain about? And he's right. I just don't want to watch this particular top notch television. I don't. I just, feel like it, I've already seen it.
1: It could just be though that the Jimmy stuff they can't fill a whole hour with. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Really, it may be it. But at the same time, maybe they should shade it more towards him and give him sixty six percent. Give me more Bill Burr. Give me more Huel.
2: Yeah. Give me more of that yeah. secretary lady that works for him. I don't feel like it has to be like there's a certain amount of it that feels like they got on set season one and they just can't resist kind of bringing the, the gang back together again piece by piece. And I can't even begrudge them that mm. because Breaking Bad is so outstanding. They've earned the right to do that. I just for me as a viewer, I'm I'm less and less compelled.
0: I don't know, man. It's good. Even on the strength of those two scenes alone with Kim and, and Jimmy in and their separate monologues.
2: I will be watching.
1: Yeah, yeah like I said, I'm not, I haven't stopped watching.
0: Until Walt walks in the background of a Cinnabon.
1: That's true. <laughs> you... <laughs> then we'll probably find out that he's already been walking in the background of some scene. So, yeah, well, there was
2: actually a bald, a bald dude who walked in the background of this second episode. And I. the only reason I knew for sure it wasn't him was that timeline-wise, he wouldn't have shaved his head yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But- they're gonna do that
1: they're gonna bring jesse and walt into this show somehow yeah hopefully and it'll be, be some like you know like i was there on the i was in my it was in my lab and and the cops came in and they saved me and i was in jail for 30 years or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> and and i planned my escape yes and i was going to come back for you <laughs> <sighs>
0: Right. And I don't even need to go into a warrant. I think we've covered everything by
1: the way I have watched the first season of the center. oh uh, what you think um I really enjoyed it really interesting
0: complex stuff right yes
1: yeah uh and i I enjoy the fact that uh they really put your head in one space for a really long time and then they totally pull the rug out yeah uh I have also caught up with sharp objects. ah so huh. I've seen all that How too. do you feel about that? uh i like but you know what both shows have so much in common really it's crazy how much like i'm actually i kind of get that feeling i'm actually mixing things up (laughs) because jessica beale um had a sister Mm. um and you know amy adams has her sister in sharp objects both of them have horrible moms um <laughs> yeah. there's a crime involved Interesting. there's a there's you know there, there's a lot of why and who and all this other type of stuff going on and like and like so yeah there are going to be parts where i think of sharp objects and i'm thinking of the center <laughs> i uh
2: well there's only two sharp objects left uh, and so I think I'll I'll watch those and then jump over to the center just so I don't get confused between the two. So six episodes total or is it? No, they've already had s- yeah, six. Six have played. Oh, so eight, total.
1: eight total. Do two more to go.
2: I think you would like the center. I, I, I actually have been fully sold on it. I just yeah. now I want to wait until Sharp Objects ends and then dive in. Nice, man.
1: Yeah. Um. Again, we don't have time for questions. <laughs> And we did Nebraska. Sorry, we did Nebraska. Yeah. And we got done with that in like 50 minutes. <laughs> we still we still long. didn't. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for this week. Keep going to Syncast presented by Cinemasons. We've got a Twitter. We got SoundCloud. We've got uh what? Uh Reddit. We've got a million ways that yeah, you can come Yeah. for now. That's right. Right for now until we decide to quit. We rage quit. (laughs) Um, And again
0: we've got we've got a couple of really cool things coming up. We'll we'll tease the first one in the next episode, uh, and then we'll we'll have more information soon about another
1: one. Yes, that's correct. But that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott and Barrett share We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.
0: Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. And Reddit, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Man, I used to study stuff like like at one point I knew every single lineup of Pink Floyd. Wow. I yeah, there were from several. the Sid Barrett days to David Gilmore coming in, and then Roger Waters, Nick Mason. And those guys fucking hate each other.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> that happens a lot.
0: It does happen police. a lot. I think
1: I think I think uh, you spend that much time together doing stuff like that for forty some odd years. Then, of course, obviously, sometimes it takes less. Um, <laughs> yeah. The police
2: got back together at like somebody's wedding and got all angry and broke up and hated each other. Like by the end of the show, I think. <laughs>
1: oh my god i don't Uh, understand that too like like how you how is it the oh we're older now we're more mature we blah 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 and then you just get angry about stuff again well like somebody at the
0: rock and roll hall of fame last year did that the gallagher
2: brothers hate each other always have they fucking
0: hate each other it's funny because i follow liam i think yeah i follow liam on twitter and uh he's always fucking with noel like yeah, let's get and back together. And he's always saying, "Let's get back <laughs> together." And I was like, "Fuck off, you cunt." <laughs> That's
1: a and a phenomenon. I I, ne- I didn't think about until my my brother, when we were at a Green Day concert, mentioned it. Um, you know how sometimes they'll get that there'll be bands who are like, "We're cool. We're gonna let somebody come up here and play guitar for us." Yeah, and all that. And so it's always a cool moment. The guy gets picked out of the crowd, and he plays guitar and all that. And my brothers like they probably don't have his up very high, and there's somebody else playing the guitar part. I'm yeah, like, I never thought about that. <laughs> well, I also,
2: my, I'm even more jaded than that. In that, I think it's all set up. Like, because I feel like yeah. every three or four months, a band does this. Somebody in the crowd holds up a sign or something They're like, OK, and then they always fucking nail it. Yeah. yeah. Like they nail Foo the Fighters solo. Foo Fighters does that or, And yeah, I'm yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Like you knew ahead of time. Because I know the Foo Fighters have done this a couple yeah, of yeah. times. I'm like, you knew. You're not going to give your. Because I mean, I. I'd be the guy that would fuck with you. I'd be the guy that, like, let me do the sax solo. I don't know how to play sax at fucking all. I just get yeah. up there and go, Boo, boor, 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 boor. you know, just I do you mouth can't mouth just fucking yeah. trust people. That, yeah,
1: that doesn't make sense. At this all, is America. They, you, would, you, would, you would think you'd see a whole bunch of YouTube clips of, like, guy gets up on stage, fucks up this song. Yeah. And it's like, for Green Day, it was Jesus of Suburbia.
0: Yeah, and that's like a fucking nine minute yeah. song. So, yeah, I'm going to nail every single part well, of my song. I didn't even think try. about it.
1: I, I had thought about the being rigged before but like like never once did i think that there was a a way for them to like have somebody up there playing guitar and them not hearing we're not hearing them we're hearing somebody yeah, else it's yeah. like the
2: grown-up version of giving the three-year-old who wants to play playstation with you a controller that's not plugged in yeah yeah right it's, like, it's like it's the guy the thinks he's shredding the guitar and there's somebody <laughs> backstage that's actually going through the amp playing it for yeah him.
0: fucking jesus of suburbia <laughs> that's
2: insane <laughs> <laughs> Thing's
0: got like 16 parts to yeah, it yeah i know there's a lot of mumbling in music these days.
2: Yeah, that's that's fucking around with samples. Right, right, right. That's not mumbling. No, no,
0: no. I understand. And I, yeah,
2: I'm not so much down with the mumbling.
0: Yeah, I was listening to Post Malone on the way over here. It's just like... Listen, like, what it, is the
2: deal with this guy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I've know. I've only heard two songs. They're whatever's playing on pop radio, and both of them sound like something any guy on any corner could sing or mm-hmm. make up. Mm-hmm. Am I crazy? Well, okay.
0: So there's two things because I also heard.
2: That's what it sounds what like is, to that's me. Not
0: music? Okay, so it's it's super auto tuned. All of this stuff is super auto tuned. And I was also listening to an old T Pain song on the way over here, oh, and T Pain was the king of auto tune. But T Pain was very articulate, mm. essentially, even though like it was hyper processed and everything. that was a sound, but you could understand what he was saying mm. the whole time. Kanye, same way when he went auto tuned. <laughs> so now you got like future and you got fucking like uh like post malone and all these guys that that heavily rely on autotune but mumble and so like it's pitch corrected but it's like you still don't understand what's going that post malone song it took me like because when we did the the mvs for it i had to like google the lyrics and i'm like i'm looking at his mouth and i've got it jacked up on the volume i still don't understand what
2: you know saying. what I, you want to really get crazy have you seen that have you seen that like old youtube video of him doing like a folk song? Post Malone? I'm going to find it later and send it to you because I found it on Reddit. Uh, I've seen it a, a couple different places. It's like one of Reddit's hot new secrets they like to share with everybody. By the way, did you guys know Post Malone can actually sing? Here's this video. And it's before, I think it's before he blew up, but he was already like an artist. Yeah. But Is it's it him singing some, yeah, he was awesome. And it's like you, but you decided to make your career out of this other bullshit. Get a bunch of face tattoos. Did you ever
0: watch that uh, Fifi song, by the way? That no! Video? <laughs>
2: I'm so angry at the title and the list of names that sound like fucking spam websites. <laughs> so. I know that
1: there are times. I mean, it, that's the way movies are, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll watch a movie that's like everything's good, and then somehow, some way, <laughs> they fucked up something where somebody's line is like, you're like, what, what I know. they say?
0: I did Ready Player One, that, that edit. And that movie is so fucking loud all the way through, mm-hmm. except for in the middle where everybody's whispering. Oh, yeah. It's like, fuck you, man. I hate that <laughs> shit. That is
2: the most, single most deport- annoying thing about doing what we do is when the audio of a movie we're editing the Sins video for has too many peaks and valleys. Fucking
0: horror
1: oh, movies, and man. It's, or it's all over the place where it's like too loud. Then, yeah, you said peaks and valleys, but it's like, uh, it's just, like, you'll, you, it doesn't make any sense sometimes, like, where the peaks and valleys come from. <laughs> like, it's really loud here, no music, nothing, and then and then it's suddenly super quiet for some <laughs> Even reason. Even though
0: they're having normal conversation, yeah. it's like, the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'll also cut that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>